The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Lazard, Lazard's <clears throat> Twitter game is it's absolutely flawless, dude. His Twitter game is untouchable. The not too top two, bro, legendary. Yeah, that's that's good stuff. Um, let's say we might as well just start the show off with uh, Jake revealing what 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 we're laughing at right now. Um, okay, so. Isaac's gonna appreciate it because he he called us that while we were wearing our fan locks at the live show. But um, <clears throat> welcome to another Wisco Fanatic Wednesday. We are back. Uh, lots to talk about today, lots of football, lots of basketball, but um, Jake and I are talking about the Packers, and uh, Jake's just going to Jake's gonna share a little something-something about the Packers real quick. All right, let me uh, pull it up on my phone here. Okay, here we go. So, uh, I'm looking on Instagram. I see Jair Alexander activated, and I'm looking at the comments, and the first one I see in all capital letters is Alan Lazard. He says, that's an island boy, and you can't help but say that in their stupid voice. And I'm like, I'm like, oh, that's so annoying because they're everywhere, but it makes so much sense, dude. Oh, man. God damn it, Allen. You're catching record-breaking touchdowns. You're making great comments. You have a good life, Allen. Allen has a good life. He gets to be the, you know, the number one, number or number two, number three receiver on the Packers, too. I mean, play with Aaron Rodgers. He's just likable. He's like, he's like. You know, Donald Driver in a way where he's never going to be considered great, but he's just like, <clears> oh, man, he's just one of those guys. All right. <laughs> Look at Tim right now, man. I didn't like – I, God, I don't want to sound like that. Stop saying oh, that, okay? God. I don't want to sound like that. <laughs> David, let's not talk about the defense. Let's talk about the refs because that's the only way the Packers win if you go on Twitter hey. after the game. Hey. I'm not going to get into that conversation. Nobody complains about the officiating when the Packers lose. Then it's always like, oh, it's the Packers suck. But when the Packers win, it's like, oh, they needed all the ref help. It can never be no, no, no. credit given or, you know, whatever. But when we it's... lose in the NFC Championship game because of the ref, it's like, oh, the Packers blew another NFC Championship game. No, Aaron Rodgers choked is what it is. Yeah. Aaron Rodgers choked in the NFC Championship game. But then when you bring up, you know, the fact that the – officiating was poor which i will still say this the same thing of if you if you take the the pass interference that wasn't called in the first half on lazard the packers were driving mm-hmm. likely to get either three or seven mm-hmm. and then the buccaneers got the ball and got seven so not only did the the buccaneers get seven but you're basically taking points away from the packers so that's a potential 10 to 14 point swing in a game the packers lost by five points and and say the the second <clears throat> half goes the same exact way. We're getting interceptions, and right. Rodgers gets those couple, you know, offense, you know, not just Rodgers, 
but yeah. he runs a lot of the offense. But, you know, yeah. they go down and they get some points. I mean, we could probably – I mean, we should have still won that game. I still, to this day, think we should have gone for a touchdown. I'd rather go out swinging for the fences than play this field goal defense type shit. No, this is not the time to do that. We're in an NFC Championship game. You're here, freaking Rodgers. I would, I would rather – so this is know? the way to look at it. I would rather – try to score a touchdown from the five yard line and a field goal from 50 yards than to kick a 25 yard field goal and try to score a touchdown from the 35 yard line. I agree with that. 100%. You got Aaron Rodgers. Devontae Adams was legendary all year. And, and Mason Crosby was money last year. I'd rather he take was. a shot on a, a long field goal than trying to complete a long touchdown pass. I agree with that. I mean, go for it, man. That's what I would have done. But hindsight's 2020, right? Always. And 2020 sucked, so there's that. Yeah. Um, but now we're wrapping up 2021, mm-hmm. and we're going to start talking about the Packers. Um, before we get into three stars, actually, um, we wanted to discuss Aaron Rodgers's quote today. Um, Rodgers is on the Pat McAfee show all the time. We talk about it on the show once in a while. Mm-hmm. Um, we can post the we can either post the quote or the interview after the show, and you guys can let us know what you think about it. But um, Jake and I are just going to kind of sum up our thoughts on it. So, Jake, what are you thinking after hearing what Rodgers said? I don't know if you want to kind of sum it up or I can bring up the quote and kind of give the bullet points. So, everybody has a different understanding of things. And, you know, there's going to be Packers fans that are really thinking like, oh, man, he's going to retire. He's on his way out. This was kind of his his parting letter. I guess to me what I'm I'm taking it as is Rodgers is really just living in the moment. And we can all probably learn something from this, really. I mean, me especially. I never live in the moment. I'm always planning ahead, always planning this, always trying to see what, what my family wants to do next, you know. And Rogers is really just taking everything in as, as it happens, you know. And he's talking about how much he appreciates people in the organization and, you know, talking about how much he appreciates his time with the organization. So, in a way, if he retires, you know, I'm just going to thank him. He's been one of my favorite players for a number of years. I'll never forget, you know, the – the championship belt, the, all the touchdowns, all the celebrations, all the great times. I mean, I'll always appreciate Aaron Rodgers, but um, I don't. I think he's coming back. That's really what I think. I'll be completely honest. I think mm-hmm. he's coming back. Him and Devontae, you know, they're going to go get this ring, and they're going to be like, listen, you better watch out because we're here now. And Devontae just got his first ring, and Rodgers got his second ring, and I think Gutekust has, has grown a lot this year as a GM. And Rodgers did mention that in his interview. And he said how much he appreciated him. And I think that uh, we're about to put the world on notice. That's really what I think. And everybody everybody's talking about how we're going to suck when Rodgers leaves after this year. Well, you better not let us win because then it's really about to go down, I think. That's really personally how I feel. <clears throat> so – what I think could now this is purely hypothetical and there's a lot that would have to go into this, but if the Packers win a championship, say this year, mm-hmm. and then next year he starts getting into, you know, like breaking all the records that Brady has broken. Um, he's obviously going to be chasing Brady. He's seven years behind in age. So mm-hmm. um, he's chasing Brady's strictly in terms of experience. But um, once Rogers starts breaking those, those breeze Peyton Manning records, he's already starting to break some of Favre's records. And once he starts getting into he's the second best quarterback ever um, as an active player, I, I can't see him not seeing some of Brady's records and thinking, hey, I can break that if Brady retires after this year. Or, I mean, if Brady decides to play next year, who knows what effect that could have on Rodgers. What I took away from this is that Rodgers, he's 
is going to be back next year. Um, I'm like, I'd say probably about 95% sure of, of what I'm thinking that he's going to be back next year. Um, the only way I could see him deciding to retire or leave is if like the Packers somehow ended up in a first round game against like, I don't know, Washington or something and lost like, like 42 to seven or something. It was like really, I don't know, something really, really bad like that. But I mean, I don't know. I just, I don't see any scenarios where Rogers just straight up leaves and goes to another team. Here's the one thing that I really took away uh, when I was reading that quote. I didn't get to listen to the whole thing yet. But the thing that I really took away is that he said that he wanted to prove that he could still play, and he said that he really felt that he he could still play. So he still wants to be on a contender. So where else is he really going to go? Where I mean, and I know that he controls a lot of it, so don't kill me. But where else is he going to go where they're going to bow down to his every move, you know, He's he's a god here. Let's be honest. Aaron Rodgers is oh. basically a god in this state, you know, with that G on the side of his head, and he's going to be on a contender that consistently. I mean, look at Lafleur. I'm just going to say one of my stats right now. Lafleur became the first coach to post 12 plus wins in each of his first three seasons. He has a great coach, so he's built that relationship with him. He got McCarthy out. He, they brought Lafleur in. He's built with Gunukus. He's not going to go to a lot of teams and be in a situation where he is now, where he's as comfortable. He's the head dog. You know, I mean, when you're you're 38 years old, you don't want to be starting new. That's it's just not really where you want to be at that point. I know Brady did it, but he also went to a team that was ready to win. There aren't that team was a, a that team was a quarterback shy of being a contender. There's right? not a lot of court like quarterback. I mean, are the Broncos really that close? They don't have. I don't much, think so. I don't. Their think off so their offensive line is not. Yeah, I is mean, not ready. The Buccaneers were literally like, okay, we're gonna place a quarterback in here, and everything's just gonna happen. There's not a lot of those teams that ever happen. Brady fell into the perfect situation. Look at it. Brady. And not to mention the two guys that he brought with him that are also focal points of that offense. And now one of them is the best wide receiver, and Gronkowski is still one of the best third down targets, red zone targets in the league, let's be honest. Yeah. So Rodgers is staying. That's just how I feel. That's how it's going to be. And, you know, like David said, Bears and Vikings fans are sour, and that's how it's going to remain. So it is what it is, man. So, yeah, I don't know. If you guys want to let us know in the comments if you guys would rather see the quote or see the actual video, um, I can I can post either one. Um, just let me know if you would rather see the quote or the video. Um, and, I, and see the Steelers, too, is the same thing. Not only do the Steelers not have as good of an offensive line because their offensive line is horrible, like probably bottom five in the league, their defense is also really nothing special. Um, it, it really isn't. I mean, they have a couple solid defensive players in TJ Watt, Xavier Howard, Minka Fitzpatrick, but I mean, they're, you know, their pass rush, their front seven outside of TJ Watt isn't really, isn't really that exciting. Like there's nothing exciting about Pittsburgh's defense overall. Um David, I appreciate the uh, the feedback there. So I will I will find the video and I'll be able to post that um, so everybody can watch it and kind of get their own feelings of of uh, how how Rogers is is feeling towards this year and moving forward. So speaking of moving forward, let's jump into some recap and let's start with three stars. So Jake, let me know your three stars of the game. I'm going to start this out by saying, man, what a Christmas day, dude. 
Bucks coming back, the Packers holding on late. Like, that was a great Christmas day. Got some presents, family happy, teams are winning, so Jake is happy. Man, it was awesome. My first one, I had to do a combo because I feel like they're always going to go together. They're thunder and lightning. It's Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon. I mean, Aaron Jones is just looking more and more healthy. He's getting his legs back. You could tell he's got that that spring. He's got that acceleration. He's got that electricity. Those, those jump cuts. Oh, yeah, man. Look, he looks so much better. Dude, Aaron Jones, oh, my God, easily one of my favorite players to watch. I mean, when he gets in the open field, it's kind of like, oh, oh. I, I, I'm always – I'm that uh-oh guy, right, when I'm watching the game. <laughs> and he, he, he gets to the outside. He gets eight yards. I'm like, uh-oh. He he could just break one. T- he yeah, he's, he's six. He gets like he's he does this a lot where he gets either like a defensive end or an outside linebacker right. like with a hand on his shoulder, and then all of a sudden he's just like running around them. He's just, it's like I, I keep thinking like oh shoot this is gonna be the time where he gets tackled in the backfield and then he just runs around him even though the guy's got a hand on his shoulder like he just runs right around him. But still, even for even for every one time that he gets tackled in the backfield. He gives you five, six exceptional runs where he should get tackled for a loss, and he ends up getting five, six yards. And he's just – I love Aaron Jones. I'm glad that he's getting healthier. Um, A.J. Dillon, also great. He had nine carries for 41 yards. Uh, Aaron Jones had 12 carries for 66 yards. I mean, together they had 21 for 107. My personal opinion, I think we should have ran the ball more. I think we were being more successful with that. Um, mm-hmm. I think integrate that more into the game plan, you know, maybe this week, you know, with all the players on the COVID list, that might be something that they look into, but uh, that's really what I think. Uh, my second star was also a combo. I cheated this week. I couldn't, I couldn't leave people <laughs> off. Um, I can put him on here every week. Devondre Campbell guy's just a stud. He's a monster. He had 13 tackles. I couldn't keep him off the list with 13 tackles. He was the guy that I added on here because my original second star was with Sean Gary. Uh, Rashawn Gary, okay. two sacks, two tackles for loss. He leads the Packers with eight and a half sacks this year. So he's been great. Absolutely. He's breaking out finally. I mean, I mean it's not, I mean, he's not that far removed from being a, a fresh draft pick, but um, right. he's really having a breakout season. Yeah. He, he's getting all the reps <clears throat> and he's really producing with his time on the field. And then my number one star, <laughs> Devonte Adams, bro. I mean, I love this guy. <laughs> he has a, okay. Listen, he had 10 catches, 114 yards, two touchdowns, right? That's that's, that's it. Nasty. That, that feels like a Devontae game, doesn't it? It's so <laughs> stupid. It's so stupid. But I'm going to say a stat, and then I'm going to tell you his stats in the year because everybody was like, oh, Devontae's having a down year. I remember that. Like week seven, people were like, oh, Devontae's having a down year, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, he's Devontae Adams, dude. So the stat I got on Devontae is a list, right? There's a list of players on this list. List of players with eight games of 10 catches, 100 yards, and two touchdowns. Eight games. Devontae Adams. That's the entire list. That is ridiculous. So when I say that feels like a Devontae Adams game, that's what I mean. 10 catches, 100 yards, two touchdowns. That is a fat-ass stat line. But that's Devontae Adams, dude. That's Devontae. That's 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 the stat line that I had in my mind at the beginning of the year when we made bold predictions, and I'm like, Devontae's going to break Randy Moss's touchdown record this year. <laughs> he's insane, dude. He's yeah, he's nuts. He's, like, next-level nuts. He is, man. Um, yeah, dude, that 36-yard catch, you know, Isaac said Lazard, one-hand catch, that was nasty. That was that a was great nuts. throw, better catch. And I rarely say yeah. that about a Rodgers throw. Now, one last yeah. thing before I let Tyler do his stars here. I'm going to go through, you know, De- Devontae's receptions, 106. That's second in the NFL. 
1,362 yards, third in the NFL, and 10 touchdowns, also third in the NFL. He's tied for third. But this guy's having a down year, and he's top three in everything. Bro, he's And he the missed best. a game. He was getting triple teamed against the Baltimore Ravens because he's that damn good. <laughs> yeah. This guy's a monster. Yeah, he was. Top two, not two, baby. That's all I got to say. All right. So my number one star is also Devontae Adams, so I'll just leave that at that. Um <clears throat> But for my second and third stars, I had uh, two different guys. So, <laughs> David talking about Mitch. I wonder who that guy is. I wonder who that is. <laughs> um, <laughs> my second star, I put in Aaron Rodgers um, just for his efficiency. Like, he's next level efficient. Um, made some really great throws. He missed a couple in the Baltimore game that he knew he wished he had back. And, you know, this game he just didn't miss. Um, his, his efficiency is seriously just – off the charts and he's gotten himself back into um number one in the mvp race so i mean um not only that but matt lafleur is now also leading in coach of the year let's go baby so i'm hoping the packers can complete like a triple crown and win the super bowl that would just be that would be insane if the packers could pull that off to win MVP, Coach of the Year, GM of the Year, and then win the Super Bowl. I would be willing to bet that's the first time that's ever happened. Actually, I, I'm already pretty sure it is because I don't think anybody's ever won. I has MVP. I don't think MVP and Super Bowl have well, ever the, even happened. When was even the last time that an MVP won the Super Bowl? I was like Kurt. That's Warner what I'm wondering. I don't even remember. It was like Kurt uh, Warner, I think, dude. Seriously, <laughs> I want to look that up so bad. All right, see what you can find. I'll be here. Um, But then my uh, my third star I had was the secondary. Four interceptions. I mean, the one that Darnell Savage had to to snag the ball while Peoples Jones is pushing him down and to hold on to that ball. Um, And then Rasul Douglas with his two interceptions. I mean, you really can't say enough good things about the Packers um, defensively. And then Shannon Sullivan also adding another interception. So, um, I mean, what else can you say about the Packers' defense? I mean, Hold even on, Dean Lowry is getting involved. He had a sack this week. Um, it's going to be a lot of all all hands on deck. Um, 96. I mean, 96 might be the last time that that happened. No, I was right. No? It was Kurt Warner. It was oh, Kurt 2001? Warner, 99. 99. I knew it. I knew it. Hey, oh, look at my dad said. was the Buccaneers. He said Super yeah. Bowl alone to shut everyone up, baby. Let's go. Oh, look at David. David over here being useful. MVP and Super Bowl, it's happened 10 times. So let's make it 11. Hell yeah. <clears throat> All right. So those are my three stars. So let's move into um, let's move into the offense versus the Browns defense. Um, what did you see from the offense? I know there's a lot of concerns about the second half. Uh, Rodgers and LaFleur both had comments about it. So uh, let's talk about the Packers' offense versus the Browns' defense. I mean, everybody is is talking about the defense, and I mean, the defense. You know, they deserve some some discredit. They got ran over. Nick Chubb, he was a train this week, man. He was breaking tackles. People were not wrapping up as well. What What did we say in the preview? I know, I know. And and what's the thing that you've been, you know, the most accurate with or the most you know on on board with is tackling for for the defense is really something that they needed to work on. You went back to that last year. You know, that was that's your one thing that you harped on with a defense. And they really were not good at tackling. 
on this day. Let's be honest. But Nick Chubb is a monster. He does that to a lot of people. We I mean, said he's top five. He's and a I beast, agree. dude. He's he's a big, fast dude. I mean, he's hard to bring down. Um, what's kind of Anthony? What's up? Is last year this time we played Derrick Henry, who's easily the best running back in the NFL right now. When you break mm-hmm. everything down, and they kind of shut him down. And then you go into this game against Nick Chubb, and he just kind of. Ah, uh, kind of runs all over us. Yes, we are going to talk about that. I am going to bring up Cook when I, you know, talk about that. Um, but the thing that really, really concerns me is that nobody's really talking about the, this, this offense, man. And, you know, that to open the second half, they had a good drive. 11 plays, 76 yards. They ended up getting a field goal out of that. that was they were cool. working with the playmakers on that drive, too. That drive was almost all Aaron Jones and Devontae Adams. Yeah, I mean, think about that. <clears throat> you have your best players in the field, you get the ball in their hands. You know, and then after that, uh, we had two three and outs. Uh, we started one drive. It was a run to to EQ, negative 10 yards. What were we going to say? That that first drive, too, um, Rodgers was getting pushed out of the pocket. He almost had a really nice touchdown pass to Josiah DeGuara. I mean, he just he didn't hold on to it. But, I mean, it would have been really close to see if um, if DeGuara would have gotten a touchdown or not. Obviously, it would have gone to review, but – um, it would have been interesting to see if he would have gotten the touchdown or it would have un- un- overturned, but um, I'll let you continue. Right. <clears throat> you can't go three and out back-to-back drives when the team's running the ball like they are. And, you know, my point, I guess, is everybody's pointing at the defense when the offense is going three and out and the defense is getting gutted up the middle. I mean, the defense is going to get tired. They're getting punched in the mouth repeatedly. You know, they're getting tired. They're getting gassed. We got all these players that are injured. We got players on the COVID list now. I think the totals up to like what 14, 13, 14, something like that. I have I have eight that are noteworthy. Well, I mean, there, there's I mean there's I more, it's, but it's at least ten. I know. So <coughs> when you consider everything, all the players on IR, all the players on the COVID list. I know they're not all defense, but you don't really have all your depth that you usually have. So when teams are just right. running the ball down your throat. And that might go to, you know, Isaac's comment where he said the soft zone was killing me. You know, you might do that a little bit because you can't just run press because you can't just take a guy out. You're not going to have a guy press for 50 yards, you know, man coverage for 50 yards. Let him start a couple yards off, get a little breather. He can read and react kind of to the route. And then the offense is going three and out, three and out. And then after that, they had a five-play drive. They actually got a first down. And then they got 17 yards in that drive, and they still had to end up punting. You know, a couple incomplete passes. They threw deep to Devontae Adams on that third and six. And, I mean, <laughs> the last drive, because they had five drives in the second half, the one where we got the field goal, two three and outs, the five-play drive where we punted, and then after the interception that sealed the game, that still counted as a drive. So, really, when you think about it, we, we punted the ball three out of four drives. That's just not where you want to be. That's not helping the defense. And it goes back when we talk about special teams, right? Special teams hurting the defense. Now the offense was hurting the defense. I still right. think this defense has potential. Yep. And who was it? Was it Aaron Jones? I think it was Aaron Jones talking about how he was on the Pat McAfee show, actually. And he talked about how this team hasn't put a full game together and it's going to be scary when I, they yep, do. I agree. Oh, I 100% agree with that, dude. Yeah, I agree. agree. I mean, uh, let's hear if, what you got. Let's say they put the, the defense of – Say the the turnovers of this game, with how they played overall against the Chiefs. Because if you go back to the Chiefs game, they held the Chiefs' offense to like 215 yards and only yeah. 13 points. Yeah, they created four interceptions in this game. 
um, four sacks. And then, you know, the offense of, say, the, the Bears game where they scored, what, 24 points in the second half and 21 points in the first half? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you know, to, to Aaron Jones's point of not having a complete game put together yet, I mean, you can see where the opportunity lies in that, especially when you give Aaron Rodgers a short field. And, you know, where <clears throat> it happened in the first half, um, Aaron Rodgers snaps the ball, turns, just lofts the ball, and Devontae Adams catches it, like, right in his hands for, like, a 25-yard gain. Nobody else does that. Bread basket. Aaron Rodgers does that. Nobody else does that. Nobody else is taking a snap, taking two steps, and lofting a ball for 25 yards right into his receiver's hands. Dude, in stride. like nothing, In stride. Like, that was amazing. <laughs> nobody else does Aaron that. Aaron Rodgers, bro. <laughs> um, so, I mean, Devontae, unfortunately, did have a couple drops. Kind of a bummer. Um, Lazard had a couple drops. Kind of a bummer. I do want to say, Lazard on the touchdown that he caught, he got the ball. You can see him turn and look at the defender. And then you can see his eyes just refocus right on the pylon. It was cool to see that other angle of it where Lazard catches the ball, turns, and then instead of looking at the defender, he looks at the pylon and he just dives and puts the ball right in the pylon. Um, that was a cool angle of that play. Um, it was... You could tell LaFleur was more aggressive in the first half. Um, they went in a fourth and one, like their own 30, 32, I think they were at, like the 32-yard line, and they went for a fourth and one. So uh, LaFleur is willing to be aggressive, and he did address that in one of his conferences um, that he did that they felt they were too passive, they weren't aggressive enough in the second half. So um, it'd be nice to see the Packers get a lead and and then go back to the – um, all gas, no break mentality. Mm-hmm. Um, and if there's a team I'm I'm happy to run up the score against, it would be the Vikings. So <laughs> we'll I'm see cool if they can pull too. that uh, put that together this week. Um, <laughs> Yash Nyman got hurt in this game. Uh, he ended up going back in, I think. But um, at one point, the Packers were on their fourth string left tackle. That's crazy, bro. <laughs> we need Bakhtiari back. Yeah. And it's not because of Yaiman, his, his inability to play. It's just because we need depth at some point. Oh, yeah. And we need security at that that left tackle position. Yeah, and we paid him a lot of money. So, I mean, that, that – Well, that's, you know, that's a factor. We're two He's days away get... from the anniversary yeah. when he when he tore it. Tore it on December okay. 31st last year. So, I mean, he's probably going to restructure in the offseason. Um, but that's – I mean, if you want to keep that bad man around, <laughs> you might have to. <clears throat> um, what I want to say is Aaron Rodgers, I want him to treat himself like a pitcher in softball where you throw the ball and then you immediately take like six steps back. Like don't stay anywhere near your lineman. Just like as soon as you throw the ball, just start backing up. Avoid getting stepped on. It happened to him two or three times in this game that he got his foot stepped on. And then he's, you know, hobbling around like an old man that just had a hip replacement. I know. I so that. I was like, no, I know. So even. he needs to, yeah, he needs to throw the ball and then get away from the lineman. So he doesn't get stepped on. Um, yeah. I mean, I guess that's what I have for the offense. And I guess the dig, the big takeaway, stay aggressive especially in the yeah. second half. The Packers have been a really good second half team this season. 
Um, so let's see them get back to that. So let's move on to Isaac's getting ahead of us a little bit. Um, we are going to talk about that when we get into the preview. I'm going to go through the full list of guys that are on the, the COVID list. But let's talk about the Packers' defense versus the Browns' offense. There goes Isaac again. You know, just going crazy in the comments. Yeah, just doing what he wants. Yeah, Isaac, why don't you just come on the damn show, man, at this point? I mean, seriously, just come on the show. You'll just come on for the Packers, and we'll just talk <laughs> some football. Um, the defense, I mean, they had five sacks. They had four interceptions. Those are all positives. We gave up 219 yards rushing. That's a negative. That's a big no-no. That's the things that we've seen the last couple of years where mm. it was kind of the Achilles heel where we're like, oh, man, is this team going to make it? People can just run the ball and keep Rodgers on the sidelines. That's a big, big question mark. I guess this week we'll find out when we play You know, a very good running back. Delvin Cook went healthy. He's, he's great. Let's just be honest. He's, he's explosive. He's probably also in that top five conversation. Yeah, he's in the top five, in my opinion. <clears throat> I mean, he's absolutely amazing. He's one of those guys, you know, like we talked about Aaron Jones. He could take a handoff 70 to the house every single play because he's just that fast and he's that explosive. Um, but we'll find out. It's going to be real cold. Uh, it's going to be real cold at Lambeau. I'll give you that update in a second here. But uh, we're going to find out something about the defense. Uh, we got to stop. You know, Justin Jefferson this week and last week against the Browns, who did they really have? And Baker looked okay at times and he looked really bad at other times. Yeah. He made um, like, so, all right, I'm just going to jump in here cause you brought it up. So Baker, he did look good at times yeah. and he looked bad at times, but saying that the Packers won because of officiating is, is BS. It really is because yeah. there's nobody that has a gun to Baker's head saying you have to throw that ball. And you have to throw that in like the worst possible place that you could. Donovan Peoples-Jones at one point had Rasul Douglas completely spun around in the other direction. And Baker threw a ball that gave Douglas time to turn around, readjust, and go get an interception. Well, what about the part where Donovan Peoples-Jones has his entire forearm in Douglas' chest? Are we gonna Dude, talk about that's that? what I said too. I was telling people on Twitter that after the game and people are like, oh, well, that's why he had to do that to break away from the holding. It's like, no, you can see Douglas is like off his feet, like being pushed down. And that's just a reflex is to grab whatever you can to stop yourself from falling down. Right, right. I like a no call there, honestly. Listen, I wouldn't I, have wanted I wouldn't have wanted offensive pass interference or defensive holding. I like a no call there. I like a no call too. That's what I said about the NFC Championship game. They were letting everything go, right? You know, Lazar got held twice. Everybody was getting held all game. And then you want to call one on the final drive of the game? That's Dude, what he really... grabbed he grabbed the dude's towel on a ball that was ten yards over his head. Yep. And that <clears throat> that's what that's what really really made me mad is that they finally called one at the end of the game. It's right. like you're gonna let it go the whole game. We're gonna fist fight all day. We're gonna fight all day. You're gonna let them punch me. I punch them back, and I get one final punch. You know, the tenth punch of the of the match. Let's say more and like now a flick, you call but... it. Yeah, and now you call it. Actually, there's a couple pictures I got from the Browns game of their cornerbacks holding Devontae. There was yep. no calls. <clears throat> I have yep. one where the guy is at least a yard away and he's holding Devontae's shirt and it's stretched out like this, bro, like this. And they didn't call a flag on that, but nobody's going to complain about that, right? No, they only complain when the Packers win. That's what I'm telling it, you, So bro. this 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 is what I said. If the Packers win, it's because they had rough help. If the Packers yep. lose, it's because the Packers suck or the Packers choke or Rodgers choked or the defense sucks. It's yep. never, you know, it's never anything for the Packers. Like, mm-hmm. 
<clears throat> it's you know it's getting to a point where there's no there's really like no gray area on the Packers. Like I feel everybody either like loves or likes the Packers or they just hate the Packers. And well, it's I don't know whatever what it is what it does, is I guess. Man. Think think that's, about the Yankees. Think about the Cowboys. I mean the Cowboys were known as winners. You know in the 80s and 90s they even won with Starbucks back in the 70s. They're known as winners. So people hate them because their fans are obnoxious. That's how they think about us. They think we're obnoxious and that we don't I mean, have you brains. Could, you could throw, I mean, you could throw other people in there. I mean, you could throw like Tom Brady in there. You could throw LeBron in there for an example. Yeah. Um, people hate winners, man. That is what it is. I welcome the haters because they're going to talk to me and I'm going to say funny stuff back to them. And I enjoy that. <laughs> That's what I like. Isaac said that we pay the refs. <laughs> yeah. I mean, at, 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 at some point, like it, <clears throat> what I've what I've heard is if you know if you're arguing with idiots, eventually they'll drag you down to their level and beat you with experience. Oh my god, that's better than the one I heard. <laughs> I always heard that you don't argue with an idiot because it makes you look like an idiot. Plain and simple. Plain and simple. I'm not gonna tell you who that was about, but you know the guy. <laughs> uh, I won't say. <laughs> I won't. <laughs> I won't say anything. <laughs> All right. Yes, David, some people think we're mean and need to grow up. I understand. Even if the people are older than us by a lot. Way older. Much older. <laughs> like twice as old. Like double twice as old as us. Or even like parent old or parents of the old people. All right. We'll stop. And, and, then, and then their parents are even older than those old people who are twice, double, twice, triple as old as us. I mean, it's crazy. <laughs> I All have right. to. I have to. <laughs> All right. So I did already mention the good adjustment by Rasul Douglas to uh-huh. go get the interception. Um, the Packers did get a really good stop on third down when Cleveland was had a drive. They were marching. They stopped Cleveland in the red zone, which is something that had been an issue for the defense in the past. So it was good to see the the red zone, um, the red zone defense get a stop. TJ Slayton made one really really nice one armed tackle. He did a really good job of not grabbing the face mask. He actually had his arm kind of around the face mask of, I don't know if it was Chubb or if it was Johnson, but um, he had his hand like right around the face mask and he didn't grab. So it was a really, really good disciplined play by TJ Slayton. So uh, it was impressive from a rookie. So I wanted to give him a shout out for that. Um, Stokes almost, almost had a pick. Just didn't. Uh, I know. I do. You I remember like your reaction was that. perfect. Yeah. I was like, oh. <laughs> so. I do want to see – I'm probably just going to keep saying this every year or every game because last year it was, you know, the tackling needs to be better. And this year, every time I talk about the Packers, I'm just going to say that the third down defense needs to be better. They need to be better on third down. That's plain yeah. and simple. Every every week I keep saying I hope the Packers play, you know, down to uh, a team's third down completion percentage. Like last week the, the Browns were – The Browns were converting 38%, mm-hmm. and the Packers allow 44 I want to see the Packers play down to somebody's percentage instead of letting somebody complete up to you know, what the Packers give up. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm probably just going to keep saying that. Um, Tyler Lancaster needs to go. Well, he's on COVID this week, so. <laughs> I did say that I only wrote down relevant players, and I didn't have his name written down. So. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. Uh, there was two plays in a row. I swear Cleveland ran the same exact play. They ran an outside run right past the left tackle, 
And mm-hmm. both times, Tyler Lancaster just jogged and watched the running back go past him. He didn't even stick an arm out. He didn't dive to try to swat his feet to make him trip up. He just jogged, watched the guy go right by him twice in a row. No, that, that's him. Sprinting. And then the, and then the he came off hurt after that. Bro, do you see what he looks like? He has a refrigerator in the top half of his body. He did. How's he supposed to carry try. that? Dude, he has no effort. There's no effort. You're a professional football player. You put Jack Heflin in that situation, and you're going to tell me that he's not going to try to at least make an arm tackle or try to slow him down or dive to try to swat his feet. That was something I brought up with Jack Heflin in the preseason is he didn't give up on plays, and even when plays were getting you know, 6, 8, 10 yards away from, from the line, that Lancaster, not Lancaster, Heflin was still making tackles. He was getting back into plays even though he's a defensive lineman and he's out of the play. He was getting back in plays. Lancaster was just jogging, watching the guy go by him. That irritated me because it happened twice in a row. And then the next play, he came off hurt. Like, what are you hurt for? You didn't even do anything. Well, he tried to go faster than two and a half miles per hour, and he couldn't do it. So, <laughs> um, Did you hear the announcers make the Eric Stokes to Jair Alexander comparison that I've been making since, like, we drafted him? I didn't hear that, no. I was in a loud house on Christmas Day, so it was hard for me to hear That's anything they said. touche. Um, he was getting a Jair Alexander comparison in the fact that he doesn't get thrown at. That's what I've been saying. He's a coverage corner. He's not an interception corner. Which, now that we're on this, stop saying that Trayvon Diggs is a defensive player of the year MVP candidate. He has nine interceptions. Cool story, bro. He gives up so many yards, dude. He is Xavier Howard. He is the exact same player. Last year is Xavier Howard. He's the same player. Like, yeah, the interception number is cool, and he's a pro bowler because of that. Like, sure. But stop, stop, stop saying he deserves to be in defensive player of the year or MVP conversation. To be honest, there's so many more players that could be considered for defensive player of the year. I, mean, I would put Devondre Campbell over Trayvon Diggs as far as a defensive player of the year concerned. Pro Bowler, sure, but I mean, as far as Defensive Player of the Year, when we're talking about like six weeks in a row of Devondre Campbell having tackles in the teens, my God, right? <laughs> like Devondre Campbell is gonna have like two hundred tackles this year, I swear. <laughs> it I feels mean, that way. the The Defensive Player of the Year, until further notice, every year is Aaron Donald. Okay, I don't care what anybody says. He is the best defensive player in the league. Dude, that guy is Well, amazing. I mean, yeah. He's the best defensive player of the year. But, I mean, as far as who's going to win the award, um, for me, it's going to be Miles Garrett. Miles Garrett. Wow, okay. Not even yeah. T.J. Watt? Uh, T.J. Watt's T.J. Watt is number two. You know, the thing about T.J. Watt is if he didn't go out of every game halfway through the game injured, yeah. he would have some sick stats, dude. That yeah, guy gets to the quarterback damn near every snap, it feels like. <laughs> Micah Parsons, great pick. He could win Defensive Player of the Year. He's been absolutely crazy for them. We're going to talk about the Cowboys in a few weeks here. I have a feeling. I didn't want to bring them up today because I hate them and I don't like talking about them. But Yeah, especially if um, we don't have to. Yeah, right. Um, but, you know, this is actually a good segue to my other two stats because, you know, people have been talking about Aaron Donald's the best player in football. Aaron Donald's the best player in football. And it feels like one of those things that people are just saying it because they don't want to get into the conversation, right? I'm going to say it right now. Aaron Rodgers <clears throat> is the best player in football this oh, year. Yeah. Aaron yep. Rodgers is the best player. 
Yep. So here is two stats for you that are freaking mind-blowing, to me at least. The best touchdown-to-interception ratio over the last 15 weeks, okay? Dak Prescott is at 2.9. He's fifth. Tom Brady is at 3.7. He's fourth. Carson Wentz, 3.8, third. Mm, good for him. Cousins is at four, so four yep. touchdowns for every interception. That's second. Yep. Aaron Rodgers, 16.5. <laughs> yeah, bro. Yeah. That's disgusting. Whoa. Oh, I was going to guess like nine. Wow. That's what Chantel said. My girlfriend, wow. she, was like, she was like eight, nine. I was like 16 and a half, bro. <laughs> that's four times that's, more touchdowns. That's stat of the week material right there. Yeah, it is. 16. Damn. Here's That's the next one. nuts, dude. Rogers since last interception. His last interception was on November 14th. He's 132 for 187. That's 70%. Almost 71. Yep. That's he what he was 000, on Sunday. 1,580 he... yards. 16 touchdowns, no picks. Nice. This guy is a bad dude. That's a bad man right there. Dude, that touchdown interception ratio. That, that's stat of the week material right that's there. A that's a good nuts. one, baby. Dude, 16.5. The next one is four. Dude, oh. <laughs> I was like, no way, bro. That's crazy. And then everybody everybody was complaining when he threw two picks against the Saints. I was like, just hold on. Just hold on, everybody. Because he's about to go nuts. I mean, even with that extra week, dude, he's going to throw 40. Come on. He's going to throw 40. He's at 33 right now, right? He'll throw for yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. I think he will. If if he's forced, I mean, and if you don't know the, the number one seed race, the <clears> Packers <throat> win against the Vikings with a Cowboys loss, the Packers will get the number one seed. But if the Cowboys win, the Packers have to win. We yep. cannot tie them because then they will be the one seed. They'll have the better conference record. Yep. So if Rodgers is forced to play against the Lions, he's throwing 40 touchdowns. Yeah. Oh, I bet that. Easy. Yeah, I can see that. So, <clears throat> before we move into preview, um, just want to say one more thing. I have a stat. Um, oh, yeah. Aaron Jones is now the third consecutive 1,000 scrimmage yard season. So, that's obviously receiving yards and rushing yards combined. He's the first one to do it since Amon Green from the 2000 to 2004 seasons. Oh, I used to love Amon Green, dude. I used to hate that he used to fumble all the time because of those damn sleeves, but that guy was awesome, dude. Him I saw him. I saw him at the Shields in Appleton one time, and his calves were like this wide. Oh, I believe it, dude. That guy was massive. He was massive. Absolutely. Not not Eddie Lacy massive, but he was muscular massive. Yeah, he was like put together massive. Like, what was he? He was like six foot, like two hundred and twenty or something like that, right? He was a truck. He was huge. Yeah. And I Isaac, back- you're a big Jamal and. Uh, Big Jamal Williams fan, Isaac. Okay. So since <laughs> since Madden just died, RIP to the GOAT, man. He was awesome. Um, I want to say I remember when Amon Green used to have 98 speed on Madden. He was unstoppable, dude. Oh, my that, dad's bringing up the classics, bringing up uh, Don Beebe. <clears throat> oh, God. Um, dad, that, that jersey's a large, so that jersey will not be worn by me. Um <laughs> <laughs> 
That'll turn into a belly shirt real quick, and it's too cold in the basement for that. Yeah, man, I feel that, dude. I have, I have some big-ass <laughs> socks on right now, dude. I'm like, we're freezing down here today, man. <laughs> All right. So let's move into the preview. Before we talk about the Packers offense versus the Vikings defense, I do want to throw it out there just because it happened. Um, the Packers did work out a return specialist from the Canadian Football League. Uh, I didn't see an official signing. I didn't even see that they signed him to the practice squad, but they did look into it. Um so I guess before before you talk about it, do we have a guess who's going to be returning kicks and punts for the Packers? Well, we saw a bunch of different people back there. Um, Isaac said it the other day in our chat, um, don't let Aaron Jones do it because then Rodgers will get pissed. And I agree. <laughs> He's way too important. Not, I, I wouldn't even mess around. He was only dude. out there because it was an onside kick. That's the only reason he was out there is because they were worried I know, the, but the Ravens God were going to do it. damn it, the guy kick. just came back from an injury early too, man. Um, I don't know. I mean, I liked when they put Sullivan back there. If he's sure-handed and you can trust him, <clears throat> he's a vet. He's been around for a long time. He's shown to have decent hands, I'll be completely honest with you. Mm-hmm. If you if you can rely on him, you feel like he is sure-handed, he can make the mm-hmm. right play, he's got the head up there, why not? I would say he's been around the team. He's he's got the he's yeah. got some experience. I mean, you let him work on it in practice. Yeah, and Isaac said my other one. So it's between Shannon Sullivan and between him and in EQ are the two guys that I would be looking at. Um, <clears throat> it's not going to be Malik Taylor. Uh, he's off with um, he's on IR. Amari Rogers is among the guys on the COVID list, so it's not going to be Amari Rogers. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know who else you put back there. I mean, if it's kickoffs, I would be okay with trying MVS on kickoffs. I wouldn't want him doing punt returning just because then he's the only guy back there and he's, you know, he's going to be being gunned. But I mean, in a kickoff, maybe. I still, I I still might put Sullivan back there. He'll be like, I'm saying with the head, he might make the right call. Like, okay, let's, we're not going to return this one. Mm. Um, Okay. We'll return this one. Like, I feel like, Sullivan, they put him back there because they could trust him. His head. So, I mean, I just mentioned MVS. He is activated off the COVID list. So the other thing that I'm thinking is if you say, hey, EQ, you know, we recognize that you've been helpful in, you know, in, in the passing game the last couple of weeks with, with EQ missing time or with MVS missing time. Um, Lazar just came back from an injury a few weeks ago. Um, Isaac hey. asked if we still had Dexter Williams' number. Um <laughs> is if Matt LaFleur and Maurice Drayton could go to EQ and say, hey, can you be our special teams monster this week? Get out there and kick coverage, get out there and punt return coverage, return kicks, and return punts. Just say, hey, your job this week is to be the best special teams player we've had in the last five years. I got a name for you. You remember the on the Patriots, there's a guy named Matt Slater. And he does that same thing for them. He basically is just, he's the head of the defense. And he is a pro bowler every year for New England. And they always have good special teams. You know, if if that's the role that they give to EQ and he can make that role, and maybe he comes in every once in a while and catches a couple first downs, why not? He could earn himself a contract extension that way. Yeah, why not? You know? They'll keep him around if he's making plays, making tackles. And yeah, I mean, we talked about in this year that Malik Taylor, we felt that he deserved the roster spot over EQ, and it, that's what came to be, was EQ didn't make the opening day roster. He didn't make the 53-man roster. I know, I remember that. And now, you know, if he can find, you know, he can carve out a niche here and, you know, say, hey, I can do this, 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 and this for you in a 
in a position where you know this is one of the biggest struggles, if not the biggest struggle on the team. I mean, what was it like week five where the Packers are really struggling in kick coverage? And Alan Lazard went to the floor and said, Hey, put me out there on the kick coverage and they won't make it past the 20. And then Lazard went out and made a tackle on the kickoff return. I remember that, yeah. And it might have been, I think, yeah, it was really early in the season, week three, four, five, one of those, yeah. But I mean, like I said, you know, that could be a situation where EQ could put himself on the roster for next season. He's, I mean, Carpe diem is all I'm going to say. I mean, seize the day, Latin. You tell it, you tell EQ, Carpe diem, seize the day. Make yourself, you know, like you said, make yourself the best special teams player on the field today, yep. both teams, and we'll go from there. I mean, you want to you want to get a paycheck? You want this to be a lifestyle? Sometimes you got to do things that you didn't know you were going to do. Yeah, go be a dog. Go earn your spot. I agree. So <clears throat> I already mentioned Amari Rogers. Um, I had a handful of other guys that I wanted to mention. Um a lot of this does impact special teams, unfortunately. Um, Isaac said he wishes we had a healthy Kylan Hill. So do I. He was he was looking like he could really do something in the kick return game, but he was um, finally starting to turn the corner. God. I know, and they were giving him some carries too. I know, man. Ah, all right. So it's Amari Rogers, Tipa Naliai, Ben Braden, Ty Summers, Kingsley Kiki, Tyler Davis, Henry Black, and Corey Bajorquez. So. I mean, the Packers' special teams has definitely taken a big hit. And unfortunately, with Kingsley Kiki missing this week, probably. Uh... Probably what? Mm, means we, that just means more Lancaster. No, Lancaster's on the COVID list. Oh, yes, that's right. I forgot about that because I didn't write him down because I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> All right. The, that's the last thing I saw. I think he's on the COVID list. <clears throat> I'm not even going to look it up because I don't care. <laughs> so let's talk about the Packers offense versus the Vikings defense. All right. So before I get into that, I wanted to, you know, kind of give a shout out to the Vikings, which sounds weird, but I like to show a little respect when it's due. Uh, this rivalry has definitely, definitely been way better than the Packers bears. We have easily dominated the bears over the last 10 years. Right. Um, so I wrote down, you know, since 2010, we played 24 games against the Minnesota Vikings Minnesota has won eight of those. The Packers have won 14, and there's been two ties. So when you add all that stuff together, that's, I mean, that's pretty even. I mean, the Packers are winning more. We have a better quarterback. We have a better team. But, I mean, outside of that, it's been pretty even, in my opinion. Um, How do I feel about our offense versus their defense? Well, their defense is freaking horrible. They're freaking horrible in total (laughs) yards. They're horrible against the pass. They're horrible against the run, and they give up a ton of points. That's how I feel about that. Now, uh, something that I brought up uh, with the last game, and it is one of my questions, so I will let you answer that when you get there, is I think we need to run the ball more. Man, I think we need to establish, you know, our physicality a little bit more. I like teams that run the ball. I like, you know, and this game is going to be cold, okay? It's going to be cold. It's going to be classic Lambeau. Let's put Aaron Jones – Let's put A.J. Dillon out there. Oh, man, I can't wait to watch A.J. Dillon running to mm-hmm. Anthony Barr in this cold ass You were weather. talking about the Titans game, and that was the first thing that I thought of was oh. the fact that, that A.J. Dillon looked like Derrick Henry that day. Bro, I can't <laughs> wait for A.J. Dillon to put Barr in his ass, bro. I hate Anthony Barr. He's such a prick. I hate, I hate that Vikings fans 
bring it up as a point of pride that Anthony Barr hurt Aaron Rodgers. Okay. Maybe that's not fair to Anthony Barr. Okay. Maybe he didn't try to hurt him. He's probably apologized. They're probably cool in real life, honestly. But, oh, be. my God. Like, every time I see that guy, I'm just like, God, I remember when you ruined my day, you son of a bitch. But, yeah, I agree with that. Like, And let's just be honest, man. I mean, we could debate with Bears fans all day, right? But I think I really hate Vikings fans or Vikings because of their fans. It's kind of how I feel about the Cowboys. I just hate the Cowboys because their fans are just obnoxious. Vikings fans, they win nothing, and they still talk like they're top dog. Oh, we have more division titles, blah, blah, blah. Okay, congratulations. What the hell do you have to show for that? Nothing. And we leave the, we lead the all-time series. So what does it matter if you won the division more? We Dude, lead the all-time series 63 to 56. It's, such a, it's, a, it's a weird flex situation where it's like, like the Packers are excited because we've gone 13 and 3, 13 and 3, and now we're 12 and 3. And yeah. Vikings fans are like, yeah, but you split with us last year. <laughs> <laughs> like, what? They'll do it again. They will do it they again. They will. Dude, even let's say the Vikings win this game. Let's say by some weird stretch of the imagination that the Vikings win this game. Yeah. Let's say the Packers go on to win the Super Bowl. And Vikings fans will be like, yeah, Packers won the Super Bowl, but the Vikings beat the Packers twice. Yeah, right, right. Dude, I love so, Matthew Wagner. Vikings are the best team because they beat the Super Bowl champions twice in the regular season. I love, to, I love talking to Matthew Wagner, bro. But him being like, it's funny seeing Packers fans cry. I'm just trying to make him realize, like, dude, you sound – and I'm not, I'm not going to mince words because that's not what I do. You sound like an idiot right now, okay? Oh, we beat the Packers. Oh, yeah. Oh, you, you're so good, but you couldn't beat the Vikings. Bro, stop. Hey, I'm just going to be like, hold up here. Let me uh, let me pull up the standings real quick. Yep, Packers are still in first. Yeah, how, yeah, scoreboard, motherfucker. Yeah, how's that look? <laughs> I mean, Christ almighty, I can't stand that shit, dude. It's so annoying. It really is. It's their Super Bowl. I mean, we say it to them, and then they, they like act like, oh, yeah, it's really our Super Bowl. You're not winning the real Super Bowl, so you got to make a fake one up. Yeah, that's, that's the other thing, too, is. is like, can't wait to watch the Packers choke in the playoffs this year. Yeah, so are the Vikings. They're all watching on their couches because their their season was over. Yeah, after I bet 18. I bet you'd rather watch your own team in the playoffs, but you got to cheer for ours to lose. So there's that too. Yeah. It's just I'm just so sick of that. Their defense is terrible. I mean, they they are leading the league in sacks, but that's it. I know, I know. Um, I you know that was really the game. You know, the last game against the Vikings, um, where I kind of felt like the offense was kind of turning the corner because you know we were always good. But we were getting explosive plays, you know. We were getting big chunk, chunk plays, you know. And uh, that was the MVS game where he had the 75-yard touchdown at the end of the game there. But that was really the game where the offense was turning the corner. This week, I want to see us pound them right into the ground and send their playoff hopes back to Minnesota with them. So I'm going to bring up two players, one on offense, one on defense, that we didn't have the first time we played the Vikings. And the player for the offense is Aaron Jones. Mm-hmm. We didn't have Aaron Jones when we played the Vikings first time. Uh, mm-hmm. We talked about the Vikings being a weak run defense, and we were missing our best running back. True. And when we switch to the defense, I'm going to make a similar point. But Minnesota's defense does give up the most points in the last two minutes of each half. So if this is a situation where the Packers can get the ball back with you know a minute and change on the clock, like go get some more points. Um, I like seeing the ball, the Packers get the ball at the beginning of the second half because I, I really believe that every time the Packers get the ball right before halftime, they can go get points, carry the momentum into halftime, and then come out of halftime and get the ball back again right away. I like, I like when we get the ball back, start something <clears> too. 
it's kind of like one of those things like even if you're if you're winning or you're losing it's like it's like a whole new game kind of mindset and you're like okay rogers get us off to a fast start the, the bears game is a perfect that. example of that the bears yeah. going into halftime are like puffing their chest like oh we're beating the packers we're up by six against halftime matt Nagy's like oh yeah we got to be feeling great going into the half and it's like you realize the packers are going to take the lead like literally on the first possession right bro (laughs) (laughs) you're up by you're up by six points (laughs) yeah and then yeah that that game was awesome (laughs) so yeah so isaac just said it might be a scary kicking game so why not just take that out of the equation every time you get the ball every drive think seven not three Uh, look at my dad Look at my dad. Jake's saying that. Yeah. <laughs> so Jake's dad said this about arguing with Vikings fans. Don't argue with idiots because people can't figure out who the idiot is. And then he said arguing with Vikings fans. I mean, you're not wrong. You can't argue with them because they're those people that are never wrong. So, so this is this is a situation where I have a love-hate relationship with Twitter. Because I'm on Twitter because I want to find more Packers fans that can come and watch the show and comment with mm-hmm. us and stuff. Mm-hmm. I also have to argue with idiots. Like, it sucks. Like, I can't just not do it. Like, the the whole crying ref comment, like, that narrative is so tired and washed. And it's it's just, it's really not true. Like, you look at some of the worst things that have happened to the Packers, like last year's NFC Championship game, or the fail Mary, for example. Like, that happened against Packers. Packers always get the ref help. Like, you mentioned just now about the, the Browns game where the receivers, um, the cornerback is holding on to Devontae's jersey. You only complain about it when it benefits the Packers. Like, it happens to the Packers, too. We talked I mean, about it two weeks in a row about Rasul Douglas getting really bad pass interference calls. Yeah. And then right. MVS not getting a pass interference call. Or Devontae Adams getting a bad offensive pass interference call. All that tells me is that you watch one Packer game every season, or they're or they're not watching the whole thing. I mean, either or. I mean, I guess he. It took me a long time to learn this, and obviously, you guys see my dad's comment, so he's been harping on me for a long time about this. That's what I do. My dad said, "Just smile at them." That's what I do. I ignore most of them because I'm like, I know this conversation is really just going to be wasting my time. So. You know, most of the time I just let it go. But if there's somebody that really says something that gets me going, where I'm just like, did you really say that? And there's certain people that I just argue with because they really just say dumb stuff. And I know that I could beat them in an argument. Then I'll I'll chime in a few comments here and there. But then they just call me a big meanie. (laughs) (laughs) The other thing I hate is when you put in, say, some statistical evidence and then you get the, yeah, but that's not what it looked like. And it's like just the 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 nah, like you could say you know X and O stat, and then somebody else can just be like nah, like that's that's such a stupid thing where it's like okay yeah I'm done responding because you're just literally yeah, right. stupid. <laughs> um, yeah, Isaac brought up the the no pass interference when Lazard made his one handed catch. His other arm was being held onto, and he still made the one handed catch. So, um. Oh. For every every time that the officiating benefits the Packers, I can give you an example of when it didn't. And it's just it's a tired narrative that needs to go away. <clears throat> I agree with that. So I wanted to get into something before you do your offense. Um I wrote down 
I went out of my way and I did some little thing that I really want. I want. I'm excited for Tyler's reaction to this. So, I wrote down the last three games against the Vikings for Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams, and this live reaction is going to be awesome. So this goes back to September 13th last year, first game, November 1st last year, and then the November 21st game against the Vikings. So Rodgers had 32 of 44 for 364 yards and four touchdowns, no picks. Then he had 27 for 41, 291 yards, three touchdowns, no picks. I think you're seeing a trend here. (laughs) He went... 23 of 33 for 385 yards and four touchdowns, no picks. So in the last three games versus the Vikings, Aaron Rodgers, 82 of 118, 1,040 yards, 11 (laughs) touchdowns, no interceptions. Yeah, dude. So, Devontae Adams now. This is just a one-man, this is a two-man wrecking crew. Best one-two punch in the league, no doubt. They were debating it on first take this morning. So, Devontae had 14 catches, 156 yards, two touchdowns. <laughs> then he had seven catches, 53 yards, three touchdowns. Seven catches, 115 yards, two touchdowns. So, in the last three games, Devontae has 28 catches, 324 yards, and seven touchdowns. Damn. Dude. Dude. <clears throat> they can't stop him. They can't stop either of them. They, oh my God. And then... You know, you add in Isaac's comment of Aaron Jones eating the Vikings where he gets 100 yards every time. They got to stop us, too. And all I keep hearing is that we got to stop Justin Jefferson. He had a great game against us. And Dalvin Cook's top five and all this bullshit. You got to stop us, too, man. And we got the best player in the league. That's all I'm saying. So, <clears throat> as we move into now the, the Packers defense versus the Vikings offense, mm-hmm. um, a, a good piggyback <clears throat> off of that now is <laughs> – this was around the, the time that the Packers played the Vikings the first time, is that people saying that Kirk Cousins is in the same league as Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. And this was after Aaron Rodgers had missed a game, that their stats were similar. Yeah, Kirk Cousins has 35 more completions than Aaron Rodgers and three fewer touchdowns. Yeah, that's... They are not the same. They're not. I mean, Kirk Cousins has been pretty good this year, I won't lie. But that yeah. last game... He was taking a lot of checkdowns. He takes he not, a lot of checkdowns. He did not want to take any chances. Where Rodgers makes throws, and you're just like, holy moly, how did he compete? And he doesn't turn the ball people? over when he does that either. Right. He, like takes he, he puts risk. it where only his guys can catch the ball. 100%. Like the throw to MVS that he had in the Ravens game. Mm-hmm. Like, nobody makes that throw. Nobody does that. No, it was filthy. Absolutely filthy. <clears throat> so, <laughs> Rodgers, dude. Kirk Cousins, we just mentioned it, he doesn't turn the ball over a lot. So if the Packers are getting any turnovers, if they get any sort of interceptions, Packers are fourth in the NFL in interceptions this year. If they get any sort of turnovers, whether it be interceptions, fumbles, turnovers on downs, they need to capitalize on those. Yes. That hurt them in the second half against the Browns. They got some picks off of Baker Mayfield. They need to go and capitalize off of that. Um, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, they scored touchdowns off the first three interceptions. And then in the second half, only scored three points. Yep. So... Packers need to they need to capitalize on those mistakes if they get them. Um and then they just need to stay aggressive. Um <clears throat> both ends of the ball. So I mentioned that I was gonna have two players, one on offense, one on defense. My defensive player, and I've said this a whole bunch of times, is Rashawn Gary. 
Packers didn't have Rashawn Gary the first time they played the Vikings this season. And if they had, I strongly believe the Packers would have won that game for a couple of reasons. One, because the pass rush was just lacking and Mm -hmm. that got Justin Jefferson open plenty of times. He had a big game. Mm -hmm. Um, A couple of that was Eric Stokes being out of position a couple of times on some zone plays, but no Adam Thielen for the Vikings. He's on IR. He's done for the season. Just done, yeah. So the Packers can focus on Justin Jefferson this week. Now, the other thing with that is there were a couple penalties committed, some roughing the passer penalties. There was one helmet-to-helmet hit. That took away an interception from the Packers. Yep. So there was an interception wiped out by penalty. Yep, it was Darnell Savage had an interception that was wiped out by a penalty. So having Rashawn Gary, not having those penalty mistakes, but also having some pass rush, I think that swings the game in that favor. So not only are we getting Rashawn Gary, also getting Aaron Jones. That's two solid, solid players, one on each side of the ball. So that is that is what I'm ready for for the Packers. Yeah, I mean everybody's talking about what we're gonna get back in Bakhtiari and Z maybe and Jair, but you know what we're getting back is players that have been producing that missed that you know that one single game mm-hmm. that could have yep. changed that game. So that was that was great stuff by you, man. That's all great points in my opinion. I mean Gary's gonna completely change this game. Yep. Cousins, is, Cousins is a statue. He's an old school kind of quarterback. Sit back there, throw some mid, throw some short, maybe take a shot mm-hmm. deep every once in a while. But he's a statue. He's not running past anybody. So if we can force him off his platform, he could throw some up. I could, I could see the Packers are real good at home. So I could see us getting two, three interceptions this game. I really feel that way. I, I, is feel, one. I feel they're less likely to get a higher interception number. I feel like this is a game where they could have like five or six sacks. Okay. Okay. I want. Oh man, I want. Kenny Clark will be back this game too. I want another Douglas pick six, dude. Real bad. I know, dude. I love. I love some Rasul Douglas. Oh, he's the best, dude. All right. So a couple things I want to mention. Um, The offenses, if you go by per game totals, are actually pretty close. Um, Yeah. For the Packers, it's just all about efficiency. Mm -hmm. Um, but then you look at the defenses, and that tips the scale away in the Packers' favor. Um, yes. So the Packers just need to play, even if you just play an average special team game, just keep it clean. Don't give up any big returns. Don't give up any touchdowns um, and just don't give the ball away. Mm-hmm. They'll be fine. Um, you look at time of possession, Minnesota's right in the middle of the league and the Packers are top three in time of possession. So this could be an interesting game as far as score wise goes. Um, hopefully the Packers can mitigate the guys they are missing on the COVID list, but um I don't know if there's anything else you want to throw out there with the Packers defense versus the Vikings offense. No, I am ready to be Jake Burgundy and give my score prediction. All right. All right. Jake Burgundy is here, everybody. This is a Sunday night game. Uh, Packers going into this game favored by six and a half. The over-under is 47 and a half. Um, Take the over because this game is going to score a lot of points, I feel like. Um, Last Sunday night game of the year, I believe. Um, it's going to be three degrees, uh, but the real feel on the field is negative 14 degrees. That's added in the, you know, the wind chill. Um, it's going to be partly cloudy and very cold. Uh, it goes on to say that hypothermia is a possibility if not wearing the correct clothing. So it's going to be cold. It's going to be an old fashioned football game. It's going to be a high scoring football game in my prediction. Um, the Packers play good defense. I'm expecting us to get a lot of turnovers, which means more opportunities for Aaron Rodgers. 
but also more stats for Kirk Cousins and that offense. So my score prediction, Jake's score prediction, is 37-27 to 27, Green Bay Packers. That's close. Actually, um, both of my scores for the football games are close this week, but I'm going to say 34-24, also a 10-point margin of victory okay. on the Packers. <clears throat> That's good. So I got two questions for you. All right. Ready for this? Tyler and Jake's Q&A. Do it up. Okay. So my first question, you know, say you can guarantee a victory, right? Okay. This this one's kind of would you rather. Um, would you rather Rodgers throw for 450 yards and a couple touchdowns, or would you rather the Packers rush for 300 yards? Throw. I, throw. I'm more excited by watching Rodgers and Devontae's connection, even though – all right, I'm gonna change my answer. If it's <laughs> if it's say let's say 150 by Jones and 150 by Dylan, I love like in the Rams game where AJ Dylan was met by a dude in the secondary and their shoulder pads connected and like it was just boom and then dude was down. <laughs> Watching AJ Dylan run people over is so fun. I really can't describe how fun it is. Like. Like Devontae, I just want to know what that feels like. Rodgers and <laughs> um, just tell Aiden to put some football pads on and just try it once. <laughs> no, I'm not a <laughs> music son, man. <laughs> little guy. <sighs> All right. Um, like feeling Rodgers to Devontae, I feel like is a sure thing. Like every time Rodgers throws the ball to Devontae, like I feel like it's going to be caught. So seeing Aaron Jones doing his thing and then just seeing AJ Dillon running people over, that's really fun. Um, It'd be fun to to see guys try to take AJ Dillon on. Most of the guys that go at AJ Dillon to tackle him usually try to tackle him from the side or go at his legs. So I would like to see if, let's say, the Packers were to meet the Cowboys in the playoffs to see Micah Parsons try to stand up AJ Dillon and see AJ Dillon just run him over. That would be a great matchup, in my opinion, because Micah's a young guy and he he goes in like. No fear. He's and he's AJ got confidence, Dillon. yeah. So and AJ's a young guy too, but he uh, he's ran everybody over. You know, same thing with <laughs> Michael. That would be a great collision, head on, man, full speed. So my answer is, I would love to watch them just rush all over them because when you're rushing the ball, you are physically dominating somebody. Yeah. So that's a, yep. rushing for 300 yards would be awesome. That mean you know, and Rodgers is already so good <clears throat> off the play action, so. You get 300 rush yards, mm, mm-hmm. Rodgers is going to have some downfield opportunities. Let's just be completely honest. So that would be crazy. Um, my next question, how do we defend the Minnesota Vikings? I mean, we're coming off, you know, Justin Jefferson's great game. We know what Delvin Cook can do. So what personally are you going to do? Are you going to add more people in the box? Are you going to trust your corners? I mean, what are you going to do? <clears throat> so for me – I I mean, kind of a little bit of both, honestly. Um, there was mentioned in the recap a little bit that they hate the soft coverage. For me, I don't like zone defense when you have capable secondary players because mm-hmm. I feel that that creates opportunity for guys to be in the wrong place at the wrong time. It happened to Eric Stokes in the first Minnesota matchup where he ended up in the wrong place at the wrong time, caught in between Thielen and Jefferson at different levels. He wasn't in a position to defend either one of them. You say to Eric Stokes, who's a rookie, say, hey, guard number 18, that's it. And, you you know, you have Darnell Savage and Adrian Amos, a great safety tandem back behind him. Mm-hmm. 
and you don't have to worry about Adam Thielen on the other side this week, and you let Rasul Douglas do his thing on KJ Osborne. They don't have a healthier Smith, who honestly I don't think is that big of a threat anyways, but that gives your front seven the opportunity to – there were Vikings fans saying that Irv Smith was going to be a pro bowler at tight end. I think he has the talent. He just doesn't get the targets. I mean, Tyler Conklin is really their better tight end. So, I would, for me, I would say man defense in the secondary and let the front seven focus on Dalvin Cook. That's that's what I would say. I agree. Um, I think, you know, coupled with – you know, the Packers scoring points. I'm going to need Rodgers and Devontae and Aaron Jones to do their thing. Let's get some points, get the crowd into it. Uh, we get ahead of them. That's going to take Delvin out of the game a little bit. I mean, he'll get his little check downs. But, yeah. and then you just, I think you just roll coverage over to Justin Jefferson's side. You always make sure that you have a safety over the top of him yep. and you kind of bracket cover him. That's what I would do. Um, don't let him do crazy stuff. He's going to get his catches. I mean, especially with Thielen out, he's going to get targets. He'll, yeah. He's probably in line for 10-plus, 12-plus targets this game. Oh, yeah. So he's going to get targets. He's going to get opportunities. Yep. But just don't <clears throat> let him get those big chunk plays. You know, mm-hmm. you go back to that Bengals game. I mean, Chase really didn't get that many targets, if I remember correctly, but he got a couple chunk plays, and that's really what made him look great that week. So, I mean, you just control that, keep everything in front of you, and – Yep. Wrap up and tackle. That's all I got to say. And if you're going to the game, be loud. Be loud. I need Kirk Cousins to not know what he's doing because I like when he looks goofy and throws pick sixes because that's hilarious. (laughs) So that's all I got to say. I just wanted to know what you were going to say. That was interesting stuff, I think. All right. You have anything else Packers related? I have one thing to say before we move in. I have the perfect transition. Nope. I'm ready. All right. So Christmas Day. This was really weird. <clears throat> the Packers and the Bucks. I was watching the Bucks game on TV. I had the Packers game going on my phone. The mm. Packers and the Bucks challenged plays at the exact same time. What? <laughs> it happened really? at the same time. It was really weird. Um, yeah. So that's that's my transition to talking about the Bucks. <laughs> was, I like that. Um, <laughs> I like that. It's interesting. All right. So let's talk about the Bucks. Starting with the Rockets game. Um, okay. Chris Middleton was back from his um, his knee hyperextension. So let's talk about the Bucks and Rockets. Yeah, uh, Chris Middleton, you know, like you already mentioned, he was back. And uh, you could tell the difference in the team, the flow, the game flow was much better. They had a second star. I mean, not just Drew Holiday. They had Middleton that could take some of that pressure off. They could play through him for a couple minutes at a time. But uh, Nawara was great, 18 points, 9 rebounds, 2 assists. And Nasty DeMarcus ankle Cousins, man. DeMarcus Cousins. Yeah, his, I was going to let you mention that, by the way. <laughs> you brought that amazing clip up. But uh, Cousins, 18-8, and eight, bro. He was balling on his old team. And then We're going to talk Matthews, a lot about DeMarcus dude. Cousins today. We are. We are. Uh, Wes Matthews, dude, 16 points, 6-7, of 4-5 from downtown. I mean, he was awesome. I mean, overall, the Bucks they shot 37% on threes. Can't really ask for more. That's good shooting. That's solid yep. average. Um, they shot 43% of field goals. They did well rebounding the ball. And 25 assists is probably where I put that mark where I'm just like, okay, everybody's locked in, everybody's touching the ball. Yep. You know, we're all getting touches. And I feel like they were just the better team. Uh, what was really odd in this game is that Pat Connaughton had another bad shooting game. But the Bucks were able to get a double-digit win. Pat's going to have those every once in a while. So and these the are the games thing... where the Pat haters come out. Yeah. This, this I'll, is the game where the Pat haters come out. But, yeah, I'm, I'm done after that. So, 
What okay. Got, buddy? I have a handful of stuff with this game. Like when we talk about the Mavericks game, like I don't have much for that one. Mm-hmm. Um, just because I was like, just kind of, I'm not going to lie. It was kind of a boring game, but the Rockets game. Um, so I'm just going to go top down. Um, we had George headband in this game. So I'm going to throw that out there. George Hill was wearing a headband, which is weird. <laughs> <laughs> it um, looked George, weird. I did. It looked weird. His head looked uh, so tiny. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably Bobby Portis's headband. That's probably why. <laughs> That big old <laughs> That's the headband that makes his eyes pop out. <laughs> it squeezes his head. Oh, geez. I oh, I'll send you a meme that I have after we're done. It was the okay. funniest meme that I have, and it's Bobby Portis, but it's it's oh, so funny. Uh, maybe I'll post it on the page because it's too funny. Uh, <clears throat> mentioned Chris Middleton was back this game. Grayson Allen was out in this game, so I've saw some people kind of questioning why we're not doing as much with Grayson Allen. Um, I'll talk about that when we get towards the end of the show, but. Uh, or towards the end of the Bucks, but no Grayson Allen in this game. You already mentioned Jordan Wara. Um, <clears throat> one of my big takeaways from this game is that Drew Holiday is too strong and too crafty for anybody. Drew Holiday, I really feel, deserves to be an all-star this year. He's mm-hmm. like He backs down anybody. He doesn't care if you're six inches taller than him. Like He knows that he is stronger. Like He literally just backs dudes into the restricted circle and then gets layups. That's what he does, man. Like, Drew is too strong for anybody. Like, it doesn't matter. Um, so, you mentioned Pat Connaughton. He had an off day. He got kicked in the face. I don't know if you saw that or not. He yep. was attempting a three, and a guy went out to contest, and he got hit, like, right here, like, right in the side of the eye, like the same spot that he was bleeding from in the Brooklyn game. <clears throat> so, you could see it during the game. They showed it. He had, like, a big purple ring around his eye. Um, so, I mean, that could have contributed to his bad shooting, but – Two of the threes that he hit were like super deep threes, like longer than Curry range threes. So Pat Connaughton, the ones that he hit, he made them count. Um, you mentioned you mentioned Wesley Matthews. Um, Wesley Matthews was back from the health and safety protocols, and he found out while he was in the health and safety protocols that his grandma died. And he came out and he played probably his best game that he's played in like the last three years. Yeah, man. 16 points. He was six for seven. He was four or five on threes. Uh, he said he felt like it was his job to to honor his grandma. Uh, Budenholzer talked about it, like talked about him being a warrior and, and just really putting his heart into the game. So um, <clears throat> it's good for Wesley Matthews. Obviously, it's good for the Bucks. So that was encouraging to see. Um, so that was nice to see. Um yeah. More than 50% of Houston's total field goals were threes. Yeah, I know. I see that. <laughs> <laughs> and they shot 28.9% on threes. They're a young team, man. They go up and down. They shoot a ton of threes, man. They shoot a ton of threes. So now the last two weeks where I've ranted about the Bucks wanting teams to shoot threes, this is why. This played perfectly into the Bucks game plan. They want you to shoot threes because it's the lowest percentage shot you can shoot. Um, midway through the second quarter, the Bucks went on a 16-0 run and kind of just never really looked back. Um, the last, last three takeaways that I'll have, um, one bad, two good. The bad one, the Bucks need to work on their pick-and-roll defense. Um, the Bucks do a lot of switching, but when they're not switching – they need to work on pick and roll defense. Um, a it's gonna slow on it. 
<clears throat> yeah, it's going to hurt um, more so when we're playing a team like, say, the Nets and James Harden and Kevin Durant are running pick and rolls. That's where the Bucks I mean, are going to need that experience. They're going to need to be better. Yeah. Um, it seemed like Atlanta doesn't really concern me as much. Philadelphia doesn't concern me, honestly. Chicago still doesn't concern me. We haven't seen a head-to-head matchup there yet, but um, the Knicks don't concern me. The Hornets really don't concern me in pick and roll, but um, just overall, it needs work for when we're getting deep into the playoffs. That's something you need to have polished. Uh, We're really only a couple games over like a third of the way through the season, so I'm not concerned, but that's something to work on. The two good things. Two good things we just talked about last week. We made goals for the All-Star break. For me, free throw shooting and turnovers were two of my goals. Only five turnovers in this game by the Bucks, and they were 19 for 21 at the free throw line. There you go. Very happy to see those two things. So with that mm-hmm. said, we can move on to the Mavericks game. They were still good on the free throw line, 18 for 22. Um, Drew Holiday is an awesome defender. There was one play where he poked away a steal went tapped the ball down to the other end of the floor, went and got the ball, pump faked, got fouled, laid the ball in, and got an and one. He's he's honestly underrated, in my opinion. He's underrated. He got first-team All-NBA defense last year, and he deserves that because he's, he's insane. He's, he's the best defending point guard in the NBA. I will say it. 100%. Um, I can't. You can't name another one that's close. You can't. You can't. I mean, if Ben Simmons was playing, you could throw that out there. Um, but I mean, he's missed so much time, and even at that, Holiday always ends up with the steal in the clutch time, bro. I was waiting to say that for the (laughs) Christmas day, but he always gets a steal in clutch, and it's always against a good player. I mean, on Christmas day, he stole it from Tatum. I mean, Tatum is. Probably Boston's best player. I mean, in the first half of that game, it was Jalen Brown. But he's probably Boston's best player. And and Drew Holiday is just so strong and quick. And he's just so good on defense. He always knows where the spot to be. You know, he studies people's, you know, their their way that they play. He's just Drew Holiday, man. I love that guy. That's, hey, when I, man, I need to get his jersey. I have one of his. I I have the, the earned edition that has the antlers on the side. I have Drew Holiday. I mean, he's he's awesome, dude, Drew Holiday. So, Wesley Matthews stayed hot. Um, yep. DeMarcus Cousins got real hot. <laughs> um, you're really seeing flashes of what DeMarcus Cousins can bring. He's 22 points, eight rebounds, four assists. I mean, yep. for a guy that we just scooped up off the free agency, he's played 13 games the Bucks so far. Um, pretty happy with what DeMarcus Cousins is bringing, and I'm glad they've kind of gradually worked him in. Um and then for the Mavericks, I mean, Jalen Brunson, Dwight Powell, and Marquise Chris were the only guys that are really effective for them. Um, I don't know if you have a ton you want to say about the Bucks and Mavericks game. Um, I agree with your point. This game was boring. Um, it was it was hard to watch at some points. It was kind of – I mean, no Luka kind of took away – no Giannis kind of took away the spice of this game, yeah. to be honest with you. But uh, Middleton played good. Holiday – I mean, Middleton and Holiday do what I expect them to do. They scored, they assisted, they rebounded. Boogie getting hot, that was awesome to watch. I mean, the Bucks shot pretty poorly from three-point line. They were 10 of 36. I mean, it's it's pretty bad. But, I mean, they rebounded well. 
I mean, they shot pretty good overall. 45% is not bad as a team. That's pretty solid. But, no, I mean, there was really nothing. I was – this was one of those games where I was like, why is it this close right now? Why are the Mavericks winning right now? They should not be winning right now. But the Bucks ended up winning this game, and it's what I expected. And then we went to Christmas Day, and, oh, my God, that game was hard to watch in the first half. Uh, yeah, that game was rough at times, but, like, the second half was fun to watch. Yeah, that was <clears throat> that was when it got good, man. And, so, yeah, no, keep, going, keep going. Uh, Tim, I have a guy for my Bucks jerseys. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we know a guy. Huh? Who yeah, knows I a know guy? a guy. Um, <laughs> not a hundred percent sure on authenticity all the time, but. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, one of those guys. Who knows a guy? Huh? Yep, a guy knows a guy. Um, <clears throat> so let's talk about the the Celtics game. Dante, Giannis, and Bobby were all cleared on the Friday before the Saturday game. Um, it's really the healthiest that they've been basically since game one. And honestly, you could basically just say you're trading Brooke for Dante's health. And the Bucks are about as healthy as they've been all season. So they got off to a slow mm-hmm. start. But let's talk about the Bucks celtics game. Uh, so to start this out, I wanted to give some credit to Tatum and Brown. They're two terrific players. That's uh, a really good duo. Yeah, it really is. They're both young. They can both shoot. They can, they're both three-level scorers. And Tatum has really improved on defense this year, in my opinion. Uh, Jalen Brown's always been a good defender. So I always used to argue with people and say that Jalen Brown is better than him because he's a two-way. But Tatum has really, really stepped up his game. I feel a good comparison for Jalen Brown. He's in the, the Zach Levine, DeMar DeRozan tier of players. Yeah, like he's like really, really good. But like you're not going to – he's not like a, a franchise player. I guess I'll say. Yeah, he's not a cornerstone. Yeah. Um, but they're both really good. They both had 25 in this game. And Jalen Brown was going crazy in the first half until Jason Tatum knocked his tooth out. <laughs> so <laughs> thank you for that, Tatum. Uh, but, man, Giannis was back. And it's just crazy to me, man. Um, Giannis comes back off the COVID list, and he's just like, you know what? I feel like doing 36, 12, and 5. And I'm like, all right. <laughs> How do you – I just don't understand. Some guys, dude, they're just too damn good. Giannis is a monster. Middleton, 17. Holiday, 17. Bobby, 16 and 10. Double-double. I mean – and like I was just saying, dude. Okay, so the two plays that were the craziest. First of all, Drew Holiday made two of the most important plays in this game. He had the assist to Giannis to tie the game at 111. And then he had the steal. You know, he throws it to Middleton. Middleton throws it back to him. He gets blocked. We get the rebound. We throw it out to Wes Matthews. Let's go, baby. Like, that was so sick. I was like, let's go. I'm at my that mom's was the, house. That 114-113 was the first lead of the game. I know. That was freaking nuts, dude. But my my sister's baby was sitting on the ground, right? And, like, my baby is used to me screaming and being a psychopath during the games <laughs> and at my video games. And she's just, she just looks at me like, da-da, like – What's going on? Da, da, like, I'm just six months old, baby. And then my niece, she's, like, not used to that. She's also six months old. She's 10 days older than my daughter. She sees me go, whoa, let's go. I'm screaming super loud. My mom's used to it. Everybody's used to it. She looks at me, and she just is just like, who the hell is this guy, and why is he in my house right now? And she was just so scared of me the rest of the day on Christmas, dude, because I was screaming at the TV. She had no idea what was going on. But thank you, Wesley Matthews, for making my niece scared of me. I just wanted to say that part. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, it's not awesome, but it's funny. Um, it was funny. Middleton is showing off his passing in this game. He still does not get foul calls, which is frustrating. Um, like, he's he's trying to be aggressive at times, and he just doesn't get foul calls. It's frustrating. 
Because um, he's such a great free throw shooter. If he got to the line, you know, say six to eight times a game, that's where he could really up his scoring into the mid twenties instead of hovering in the nineteen to twenty point range. I agree with that. <clears throat> um, the Bucks just went nuts from the three point line in the third quarter. Um, Chris, Bobby, Pat, Dante, all hitting threes. Giannis just on a mission at 17 points in the third quarter. Just, <clears throat> just nuts. Um, Pat Connaughton playing transition defense, diving on the floor. The Bucks won the third quarter by 11. Um, the Bucks 43 points in that third quarter was the highest scoring quarter of the season. Um, so that's obviously good when you're coming down into a, a double digit deficit. Um, but then you come into the fourth quarter. It seemed like Giannis was forcing a lot in the fourth quarter. Like he had a great third quarter and then he kind of started forcing plays. He was trying to force shots and passes. Um, took it to all eight Oh eight in the fourth quarter until the Bucks scored in the fourth quarter. Uh, just turnovers and Celtics making shots, push the lead back up to double digits. And then the Bucks cranked the defense back up. I caught the lead to um, single digits with just under four minutes to go. We mentioned Wesley Matthews hitting the go-ahead bucket. Um, mm-hmm. Giannis is doing work in the paint, making his free throws. And then it really became a team effort of free throws towards the end of the game. Um, Chris Middleton made a bunch of free throws. <clears throat> Giannis playing defense. And I'm going to make a statement i don't think this is a hot take but this is a statement that i want to make is that Giannis is the best in the nba at recovering for weak side blocks i would agree to that because he did it to williams similar to how he did it to deandre ayton in the finals so like the his his awareness and speed to to be looking at a ball handler turn around and then adjust and go block a shot to a guy who thinks he's got an open dunk. I just I don't think there's anybody better in the NBA at it than Giannis. I think his quickness and his length are two things that contribute to that. He's I mean he's not supposed to be that fast, that quick, that agile at six ten. Let's be honest, six eleven, seven feet. And then he's just got go go gadget arms, and he's just in control of everything. I mean he's amazing. <laughs> I dude. Giannis doesn't get enough credit for how good he is at blocking he, shots, I feel like. He but doesn't. how much credit can one guy get? You got to give him credit for everything. <laughs> he's he's, he's at a point where he got so good so fast after winning the most improved player that he's he's obviously got his two MVPs. He got the MVP and defensive player of the year in the same year. Mm-hmm. Now that like people are kind of used to how good he is, that even though he's getting better still, that people no. are already like, well, Giannis is already a monster. Like, it's hard to notice him getting better, even though he is. Yeah, he is. It's he's getting better at ball handling. I think this year, that's one thing that I've noticed is his his ball handling in tight traffic. In my opinion, it's been a and better. for me, for me, his like his his awareness, basketball IQ is something that he's working on, and you can see it at times. Mm-hmm. All right. Do you want to say anything else about the Celtics game before we talk about the Magic? Um, no, um, I just want to say thank you to James being a great sport. Uh, this was the first game that our big three played and finished the game against you though. So just going to say that, um, and against the magic after we got the magic you know, win against the magic, when all three are playing, we're 15 and two now. Oh, you stole my big three stat. Sorry, man. You dirty dog. You stole my big three stat. I don't have the top of my head. It's written in big, bold ink. It's on the top of my notebook, but all right. 
Yeah, they they're fifteen and two. Yeah, that's incredible. I mean, the big three play. We got a real, real like ninety five percent chance of winning. That's just how I feel. That's <laughs> what the stats say. Anyways, keep going. Magic. I didn't get to watch this game. Uh, the weather was really bad, and I was stuck at work. I hate when they play on Tuesday nights. So mm. I had to watch highlight videos of this game. So <clears throat> Tuesday All night right. games, I don't get to watch. All right, I did watch this game. Um, in the beginning of this game, Robin Lopez was showing why the Bucks still need a rim protector. Um, it's really weird, like. When the Bucks had John Henson, he was automatic with like his left-handed jump hook, and Robin Lopez is like automatic with his right-handed jump hook. Um, it took them a while to start forcing him left, and when they did, he was missing some layups, uh, and he got some turnovers. So the Bucks still need a rim protector, and Robin Lopez showed why. Um, Bobby Portis has improved on defense, but he's still not a defender, I would say, and he's not a rim protector. That's not a secret. Mm-hmm. Um. What I will say is Drew Holiday's mid-range has improved immensely. Like his mid-range is is just butter. Like he's hitting like last year's offense, we talked about it. Like if Drew Holiday was playing better on offense, he'd be in the all-star conversation. Now he's playing better on offense and he should be in the all-star conversation. Yeah. Um and he's just keeping it going. And then he's just casually doling out ten assists on top of his eighteen points. Man, is he ever. <laughs> Chris Middleton added 21 points in this game. Giannis had 28, 6, and 6. Um, Bobby Portis had 19 points, 17 in the first half. He started with 5 for 5 on threes. <clears throat> um, what I will say, and I noticed this, and I think it's something the Bucks are doing, is it's, it's going to kind of tie into something that I think is a little bit weird, but the Bucks only had eight fast break points in this game. But what I noticed that they did several times, and it led to a lot of good stuff for Bobby Portis, is that when the Bucks go and start their transition, Bobby Portis purposely lags behind the play. I saw this a couple of times where I'm watching the back half of the screen, and the Bucks are taking off, Giannis is taking off. Bobby Portis looks like he's going to start taking off, and then he stops and he just jogs up the court. And it led to a few plays where he just walked into threes and he hit them right in stride. And then in the second half, at one time where he walked into a three and then passed to Grayson Allen, who was wide open and hit a three. So I think that's, I think that's kind of a, a secondary transition thing that the Bucks are, are doing on purpose, and they're letting Bobby Portis trail, uh, trail the play. And while everybody's focused on Giannis and starting to pack the paint, Bobby Portis is just walking into wide open threes from straight on. I mean, if he's hitting him, man, that's kind of dangerous. What are you going to do? Are you going to only send one guy at Giannis and just let him score 50, or are you going to let Bobby take his chance? I mean, that score is 17 points in the first half. Yeah, 5 of 5 from 3. Man, that's yeah. crazy, man. So, this was a cool thing. I felt like it was a, a really good big three play. This was right in the beginning of the second half. Uh, Chris Middleton gets a steal, outlets it to Drew. Drew brings it up the floor, lobs it to Giannis. For an alley oop, it just felt like a perfect big three play. Like Middleton got a steal, oh, it's the holiday. Holiday brings it up, throws a lob to Giannis. Oh, perfect big Dude, three. Gian- play. Giannis and Holiday, their connection is special this year, man. They 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 really know when to go for the lobs. They do, and obviously it works for Drew. Uh, Bucks had 19 assists in the first half. Yeah, that's a ton. <laughs> so the ball movement was awesome. Bobby Portis was making his heat check threes, which was just nuts. Um, 
Oh, it was George Hill, not Grayson Allen, that got the assist from Bobby Portis. Um, Grayson Allen was the only player that played in the first half that didn't score. Everybody else that played in the first half scored. Um, Orlando was <laughs> two for 15 on threes in the first half. They were much, much better in the second half on three-pointers. They cut the lead to single digits at one point, but um, the Bucks had their second-highest scoring half of the season, 72 points in the first half. Um, the Magic were 10 of 24 in the second half, so much better in the second half. But um, the Bucks showed they were the more disciplined team. They finished the game on a 16-6 to run. Um, it's it's just interesting to see the Bucks not having a lot of fast break points, but still scoring 119 points. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I don't know. They finished 31 total assists. So that's I didn't look. I should have looked. That's probably their highest of the season. But um, 38 bench points. So it's good to see we've had this uh, a bunch of times where we're not getting a lot of bench production. And now that the guys that are on the bench are playing where they're supposed to be and all the bench guys aren't starting, we're starting to see why the why we believe that the Bucks are the deepest team in the NBA. Um, Amen. So I don't know what takeaways you had from that. It's it's kind of the same thing with the Packers, you know, with the Bucks is, you know, when we when we get our actual starters back, our depth is going to be insane because these guys were getting starter minutes getting put in different situations. So now their skills are just sharpened, you know. I mean, they say iron sharpens iron. So having those guys go in against, you know, starting players is really just going to be awesome for us down the stretch. So this is a this is where this trajectory has gone. Jordan Wara had four straight games of scoring in double figures, went to a did not play against the Celtics to inactive against the Magic. Man. So that's where the Bucks getting healthy really shows up. That's where these guys are. Jordan Wara, still a prospect, got a lot of potential, got to flash some, and now he's back to being a two-way player, which is where he's going to be um, when everybody's healthy. So I don't know if you have any takeaways before um, I ask you a couple questions. No, I mean, I'm ready. Let me see. Let's see. What All right, got. so I want to ask you. Good. I want to ask you about two players. Okay. <clears throat> the first one I'm going to ask you about is how do you feel about DeMarcus Cousins so far in the 13 games that he's played with the Bucks? I would say, so if I was grading this, I would say that he is a little bit in, the, in between the area of meeting and exceeding expectations. I mean, you're never really going to know with a big guy like this, you know, with those lower leg injuries. So you really got to take your time on it. But he's had a couple games now where he's played really, really Really big for us scoring. Um, I'm going to throw out some stats for you because I asked for a reason. Um, yeah, <clears throat> give him a give him a letter grade. A letter grade. Overall, meeting exceeding expectations. Uh, a spot I would say a B. I give him a B because he's been uh, kind of iffy <clears throat> on defense. He's a little slow in the pick and roll, like I said. But on offense, scoring in the paint, and I texted you that last week. I said he's going to be awesome in the playoffs. He's going to give us a lot of points in the paint. Get a lot of foul calls. So I was thinking B plus, so I'll take your B. Um, he's playing just under 17 minutes a game in the 13 games that he's played with the Bucks. He's averaging eight and a half points and 5.8 rebounds. Now in the last five games, so we're talking Magic, Celtics, Mavericks, Rockets, and before that, I don't remember who it was before that, but 
Um, that game, he had 12 points. He's averaging 14 points, just over eight rebounds, and 1.8 assists on 27 of 57 shooting, which is 47% on field goals. He's not a good three-point shooter, so that's I don't know if that's something that will come along, but he's not a good three-point shooter. Yeah, he hasn't been so far. He's actually missed pretty badly on a lot of them. Yeah, he's shooting like 25%. Um, And then he had one game where he had five steals. That was against Cleveland. So for me, I would say a B plus, and he's ramping up. So um, what we're seeing recently, I feel, is more indicative of what we can see going forward. Yeah, he's he's definitely showing the player that was voted as an All NBA second team player, like twenty two and eight. Like that's big time numbers. That's yeah, you know, that's Brooke, yeah. When Brooke comes back, right now, you feel confident if Brooke gets two fouls early in the first quarter. You know, you're like. We could put Boogie in. We could put Bobby in. We can. I was gonna say you don't. I was gonna say you don't have to immediately go to Giannis at center because that can be physically draining for him. Yeah, we have a lot of options. I mean, Boogie on the Bucks as the backup center is gonna be a problem for people. That's that I feel helps them against a team, say like Atlanta. Yeah. Who was was rocking with Clint Capella, obviously. <clears throat> or even even Miami, um, you know, say Bam Adebayo is healthy, and then they roll with a guy like Dwayne Dedman. Remember the times they tried to beat us with Dwayne Dedman, which was weird, but, you know, they, they gave it their shot. <laughs> um, he actually played so, really good. He game. did, and he can actually shoot a little bit. But, yeah. you know, that, that gives you that – just the depth is so important. Mm-hmm. Um, so the other guy that I want to ask you about, is <clears throat> super small sample size, but I've already seen people criticizing. How do you feel about Dante DiVincenzo so far? I knew, I knew when you said really small, small sample, sample size, size, but we we need to talk about it because people are talking about it. Dude, Dante is a good player on this team. He he's one of those guys. He's just a puzzle piece guy. You just plug him in. You tell him you either need him to shoot threes or go guard this guy, or he's going to cause the havoc. Floor. He, he he causes turnovers. He plays at a fast pace, so he helps you get easy shots on offense. Like Dante does a lot of the little things that me and Tyler love Pat Connaughton for, and we love Grayson Allen for. And every once in a while, Bobby will run up the floor and post up the the point guard down the floor, and he'll get an easy and one or something like that. Dante does all those things. He causes havoc. He's just havoc waiting to happen. I love Dante personally. Is he the greatest shooter in the world? No. Is he the greatest ball handler? No. But he's a good shooter. He's a good ball handler. He's a good defender. He's just a good overall player to have on your team. He's like yeah. he's like the Walmart version of Caruso, in my opinion. And Caruso's a great player. Great secondary player. I can see that. I, that so That's kind of where I would put him. That's fair. Um, for me, so Dante, you can tell that he's on a minutes restriction. And you can tell the minute mm-hmm. restriction is 16 minutes. Because he's played like 15-41 and 15-43 in his two games. So um, he's not shooting well. He's shooting well at the free throw line. But, you know, the rebounding effort is still there. You just need to give him some time. He is literally two games back from not having played basketball in like six months. Dude, seriously. And, like, he missed a couple layups on Christmas Day. And I was just like, yep, everybody's going crazy right now, bro. I already knew it. They're all going nuts. I mean, <clears throat> for you, you said you love Dante. I like Dante. I wouldn't say that I love Dante, but I really appreciate what he brings to the team, even though he's not one of my favorite players per se. Um, but he fits perfectly alongside the rest of the Bucks stars. 
That's why he was the starting shooting guard last season because mm-hmm. he fits perfectly alongside Drew, Chris, and Giannis. Yep. Because you can just plug him in. And then he also plays great defense. And what I do love about Dante DiVincenzo is his hustle. He will dive on the floor. He will go get rebounds. He will play the passing lanes. Um, his goal is to be an all NBA defensive player. So um, I do appreciate what Dante brings to the Bucks. So for anybody criticizing Dante, give him some time. Like I said, he's two games removed from not having played basketball in six months. Yeah. I guess I just love his effort. I love his effort. I, lo- I love that he, he looks like he cares, you know, as much as me and you. And that's what I love about players. Cause I invest a lot of, a lot of my emotional being is invested in sports. I will not lie about that. When I watch the game, I am 100% like, let's go get this win. This loss could kind of ruin my day. I'm not going to lie. So when I see a guy like Dante caring as much as I do, he's the first on the floor. He's running down the floor, getting layups, shooting threes. Like, I like that. That's why I love Giannis so much, I think. Because Giannis, when he dunks it, even his first quarter, third quarter, fourth quarter, he when he screams, I'm like, I feel his passion in that scream, and I love Giannis for that. That's why I love this Bucks team, because they, they care as much as I do. That's all I can ask for, I guess. All right. You have anything else you want to discuss with the Bucks? Nah, man. You know, they're just going <clears> to <throat> keep winning games, and people are going to keep not talking about them. It is what it is. <laughs> it's true. People can talk about the Bulls, which is weird and annoying, but whatever. Whatever. We'll we'll take care of them ourselves. Oh, so, well, really quick, before we switch, I made this comparison in my head, and I just forgot about it until now because we were talking about it. So the Bulls, I was gonna say, remind me of last year's seventy sixers team where they're you know they're getting a high seed and like they're not to be taken seriously. That's how I feel about the Dallas Cowboys. Okay. I feel about the Cowboys the same way I felt about last year's seventy sixers team where they're gonna have a high seed and yeah, they're exciting to watch mm-hmm. in the regular season, but I don't feel that they're particularly a threat in the postseason. The thing that makes them not a threat, and I don't I'm not doing this to take a shot is Mike McCarthy. His play and, calling and crucial <clears throat> times is just... For me, I don't feel that Dak and Zeke are ready for a potential NFC championship game type moment. I think Dak can be that guy. I don't think Zeke is that guy. I, I think, think Zeke gets far too much love. I agree. I think, honestly, <laughs> Mike McCarthy might end up turning Zeke into Eddie Lacy 2.0. I mean, that's... That's if Zeke doesn't get kicked out for partying in Vegas again. I mean, that guy. I nice transition. Guy. I can't stand that guy. <laughs> so, that, speaking that of a, Vegas. That was not <laughs> intended, but it worked. All right. Speaking of Vegas, let's talk about the Badgers bowl game tomorrow. Um, yep. You and I were talking about this before the show. This is kind of a hard game to preview. So, I don't know. What, yeah. what do you want to highlight? So... Man, yeah, this is tough. It's kind of a mirror image kind of deal. I do think that the Badgers are much better on defense than Arizona State. There's not a lot of defense played over there in the Pac-12. There's a reason they don't talk about those teams over there because most of them are just not very good football teams. Arizona State kind of was one of the better teams in that conference. But, you know, when you look at the, the stats, you, know, you break them down, uh, the quarterback stats, uh, Graham Mertz for the Badgers, obviously, and then – Rashad White, excuse me, for Arizona State. They have similar stats. I mean, Rashad White has nine touch or ten touchdowns and nine picks, and Graham Mertz has nine touchdowns, ten picks. So they're. I think Rashad White is their running back, dude. 
<clears throat> oh, yeah. Sorry, sorry. I have him written down opposite. Uh, Jaden Daniels is the quarterback. There you go. Fault. Um, Jaden Daniels and Graham Mertz. Uh, Rashad White, I wrote down, is their best player. I have him on top. Same thing with uh, yep. Braylon Allen for the Badgers. They're also mirror images of each other. I mean, Rashad White, he's averaging five and a half yards of carry, 15 touchdowns. I mean, the guy is just a big play waiting to happen. And that's how I feel about uh, Braylon Allen. Uh, he's averaging 7.1 yards per carry, though. So this guy's literally almost the first down every time he touches the ball. And he has 12 touchdowns. And he didn't play the first couple games of the season. So yep. he, yeah, the he was the, the third running back on the depth chart for the first four weeks. Right. Um, so one thing I did write down about Arizona State is they played two ranked teams. Uh, they played a number 12 Baylor and they played a number 10 Utah. They lost both those games. So when they played big-time opponents – um, they lost both those games by double digits as well, so they weren't particularly hmm. close to them. So I don't see Arizona State as really a big problem, but they are one of those teams that could probably put up some points. I mean, yep. they got they got big playmakers all over the board, but we'll see what you say, but I can't wait for the score prediction. I think we're going to be close. This will be interesting. For me, I, I broke it down by three position groups for the offenses, and it was quarterbacks. It was a wash. I mean, Jake said it. Arizona State's quarterback, ten and nine. Graham Mertz, nine and ten. Um, running backs, I do, I do think the edge goes to Wisconsin, just because that is their strength. Um, I saw a tweet today that the Badgers run on a little over sixty-three percent of their offensive plays, and my comment to that was, "Seems light." Yeah, right. That's <laughs> <laughs> um, just under two thirds of their plays are are running plays. Um, so Jesus. for me, on the offensive side, I'm looking for. Braylon Allen to be in line for big game. Um, Arizona State gives up about 129 rushing yards per game, so um, I expect Braylon Allen to take full advantage of that. And then I just want to see the Badgers keep everyone involved, including the pass catchers. Um, the Badgers have three capable wide receivers and one of the best tight ends in college football. Go prove that in a bowl game. Be nice to get um, a win in the season after the yeah. that Minnesota loss. Kind of left a bad taste in everybody's mouth. Yeah. Um, I did give Arizona State the edge in wide receivers. Um, Ricky Pearsall is their leading wide receiver. He's got 44 receptions on the season. Um, only four touchdowns, though, so um, it'll be a test for the cornerbacks, but um, I just want to see just see a, a clean game, preferably. Um, just not give up any cheap pass interference penalties that felt like that hurt the Badgers at times this season. Um, you already mentioned Rashad White a little bit is is 5.5 yards per carry, but he's also their second leading receiver. So Ricky Pearsall is their leading receiver with 44 receptions. Their running back Rashad White has 43. So yeah. Badgers linebackers are going to need to keep an eye on him out of the backfield because their quarterback will like to check it down. Um, and then, you know, this game, I'm excited because it just gives us one more opportunity to watch the Badgers linebackers. Uh, to see Sanborn, Chanel, and Herbig going at it again, even Noah Burks. And I'm just excited to watch the Badgers football because I still believe that it's more fun to watch them play defense than offense. Yeah, they, I'm excited to watch Leo Chanel. This might be his last game as a Badger. So that kind of sucks, but he's been great for us. He's oh God, he's such a monster. Yeah, he is. All right, you got a weather report for this one? They're in a dome. I know. <laughs> um, this game is happening tomorrow. So tomorrow night we're on the subject. So, so yeah, it's at nine thirty at night, which is like, yeah. like Jesus. I'm a, I'm a grandpa, that's, so nine thirty. That's at a night West Coast. Late. That's what it does. 
Yeah, I know. But um, I just wanted to give a shout out to my brother before I forget. Uh, tomorrow is his birthday. He turns 29 tomorrow. So uh, happy birthday, Curtis. Uh, it's also Tiger Woods and LeBron James' birthday. So my whole life I always used to say that uh, three of my favorite athletes have the same birthday. My brother, LeBron, and Tiger Woods. I uh, just wanted to say that. Anyways. Oh, maybe I'll post the pies that Curtis got in the face a couple weeks ago. You should. For you that. Should. That's a good idea. That's a good idea. All right. <clears throat> so give me your score prediction and I'll give you mine. Or did you go first for the Packers and I'll give mine first? I went first with Packers, so you go first. first. All right. My score prediction is 30-24. to 24. Badgers. Oh, we actually have one of the numbers correctly. But I have 24-20. Badgers. All right. I think it's gonna I think it's gonna be a pretty close game. Badgers this, are gonna run a shit ton. Yeah. It seemed like a like a really quick preview, but I mean like we said, it's it's a really they they pit these bowl games against teams that match up so well yeah. that it's it really feels like the Badgers going against the Badgers for like one team has the Badgers defense and the other team has Illinois defense. You know what I really feel like with this game? I didn't want to say it because it makes me sound like bad, I guess, but it feels like Arizona State was that team that played above what they were supposed to do going 8-4, and four, and the Badgers were that team that played under what they were supposed to do going 8-4. and four, So it's kind of – I don't think that's a, a bad thing match- to say. I, I feel like that's valid. It's more of a sexy matchup for Arizona State, in my opinion, than the Badgers. But it still would be nice for the Badgers to get a win here just to kind of continue that – Win a bowl game. Kind of thing. Yeah. And, It'd be know, nice to see Graham good. Mertz be able to carry some confidence in the next season. Yeah, that's, I mean, I'm really not expecting them to because, like I said, I think we're just going to run. We're going to run. You know, you mentioned their yards per game they're giving up. So we're going to run. We're going to run some more, and that's kind of what the deal is going to be. Um, but, you know, it just ah, lost. I see Graham Mertz like, in that, like, 15 to 18 receptor uh, pass attempts area. Yeah. How, how many bowl games are there, dude? There's, like, the, the freaking Jimmy Kimmel Bowl, the freaking – uh, I'll I'll change your tires and you get a two hundred dollar rebate bowl. Like there's just so many bowl <laughs> games, dude. <laughs> like, All like, right, I wasn't. <laughs> what is this bowl game? I got a, like I got a really random bowl game for you. This is inappropriate, but if it <laughs> oh, if it ever God. happens, <laughs> this would be the most random bowl game ever. If this ever happens, the OnlyFans bowl. <laughs> oh no. You went there, you son of a bitch! Oh man! <laughs> hey, subscribe for fifteen ninety nine. If you if you could pick the most random bowl game that you could pick to have, I don't know why oh. that popped into my head, but that's you you did the the change my tires for a two hundred dollar rebate bowl, and Dude, I just, just see that. I just see that sign every day when I go home from work, so I think about it. I'm just like, I wouldn't be surprised that could be a bowl game some year, you know? Uh, that's God. a that's a funny poll question. What is the most <laughs> random bowl game name you could think of? Hey, OnlyFans Bowl. That was good. That was good, man. That was good. Oh, man. Oh. I All knew right. you were going to go else? too. I was, I was preparing myself. Oh. <laughs> Yeah, no, I got nothing else. I think Badgers are going to win. So, <laughs> All right. Oh, so for Badgers basketball, now we're in another weird situation where the Badgers basketball team hasn't played in over two weeks, or exactly two weeks, but um, their next game is going to be over two weeks since they've played. So for me, I have two questions that I want to ask you, 
And then I have a couple things that I just want to see improve. So um, I don't know if you have anything you want to say before that, or if you just want to jump right into Q and a start with the questions. I'm interested. I want to see what these are about. So one of my questions is who do you think on this Badgers team can become a reliable three point shooter? That's one of the things that they're missing. So that's my first question is who do you think can become a reliable three point shooter for the Badgers? I knew, I knew your questions were going to meet with my goals. I knew they were going to do that. So, uh, reliable three-point shooter. I have this written down uh, because of one of my other goals. I think that guy, I think there's two players that we're going to have to watch. I mean, outside of Davis mm-hmm. and Davison, who've really been right. carrying the load this year. Yep. I think I think Crowell is a guy to watch oh. out for. Okay. And Hepburn. I yep, think Chucky Hepburn. Hepburn Chucky Hepburn is that guy. I think he's the guy with the highest potential for the third yep. star, in my opinion. He can shoot. Yep. He's, he can defend, and he's he's shown the ability to be a playmaker for others at times. <clears throat> yep. So I think you know him being a freshman. I mean, that kind of sucks. He just right needs now, some experience. Yeah, he just needs he needs the the time, the PT. Um, but I think Chucky Hepburn has the little leg up on Crowell. But Crowell is a guy. <clears throat> I like his skill set, but he's also a guy that needs some PT. So my two guys that I would bring up, um, Chucky Hepburn is one of them. The other one is Lauren Bauman. He's shown some flashes of being a a good shooter at times, and then he ended up missing some games with the flu that went around with Badgers basketball team. So he missed some games there. Um, So Lauren Bauman is the other guy that I'm looking at for potentially giving a three-point boost. So um, I don't know. Before I ask my other question, if you want to throw your your goal tied to that. Uh, Oh, okay. I'll throw my goal. Um, So my first goal was actually – to improve on overall shooting and three-point shooting. Um, overall shooting, we're shooting 40% as a team. I mean, my cutoff was really 45, and that's kind of really low. But as a team, 45% is pretty good. And then, you know, three-point shooting as a team, we're shooting 29% from three. That's not going to cut it. Um, when I went all up and down the, the lineup and I looked at everybody's three-point shooting percentage, it was just like, it's ridiculous. I mean, Krell shooting 27%. Hepburn shooting 24%. Tyler Wall shooting 0.0%. What is it, like 0 for 9? I didn't look at the attempts, but I just saw 0.0, and I was like, okay, that's enough of looking at that number. Um, but it's like, I mean, we got we to gotta find, find that shooting, get better shots. And I think something that could help with that, and I mean, Johnny Davis has been absolutely phenomenal so far this year. but He's being projected ball, as a top 15 pick. Yeah, he's good. top he, ten he will even. Be. He will be. He will be. He's. he's I've seen top ten in potential. some places. But I think putting the hand, the ball in the hands of Chucky Hepburn and letting him be a playmaker a little yeah. bit, I think that could be something that could benefit the Badgers, honestly. All right. So my second question. This ties into, um, the Badgers are scoring sixty-eight point six per points per game, and allowing sixty-one point two points per game. My, que- my second question is, can the Badgers rely solely on defense, low turnovers, and high free throw percentage to win games? Well, you go back to the Bo Ryan days, right? What did, what, what did the Badgers do? Low scoring defense, low turnovers, make your free throws. This looks like a, this looks like a legit Bo Ryan team, in my opinion. Tyler Wall is 0 for 14 on threes. So, this one kind of ties into my other goals i'm just going to go to my second one and that is finding a third star i mean we gotta find that third star 
I mean, like I said, Johnny Davis and Brad Davison have been phenomenal. Brad Davison is almost averaging 16. He's at 15. And Johnny Davis is at 20.9. It's almost 21 points per game. And Tyler Wall sitting there at 8.4. Crawls at 7.7. And Hepburn's at 7, right? So if they improve on their shooting just by a couple percentage points, the bu- the Bucks, the Badgers points. <laughs> you know, that always happens up. to me. I'm glad it happens to you, Al. I know. God. <laughs> ah, I was, like, trying to avoid that. Um their points per game will go up, and the Badgers' points per game will go up. They're going to play great defense. That's what we do in Wisconsin. Football, basketball, they play great defense. But if Tyler Wall can learn to take over games a little bit more, and Crowell He's, he's and a guy Hepburn, that has opportunity to be a good three-point shooter. Does, he does. He, gets he showed it a little bit last year, but... Uh, and he, just, he played so good in the Maui tournament, too. He actually leads us in blocks. He's the only person that leads us in a category, you know, if you look at... Points, rebounds, assists, steals, and blocks, like the major five that they show. Johnny Davis leads us in four of the five, but Wall leads us in blocks per game. So Johnny Davis is basically the batter. <laughs> yeah, he, but, I mean, he really is. That's what we talked about in the primer. I mean, right, you, I mean, the issues that we're talking about are the issues we talked about in the primer that we felt were going to be issues. Yeah, so three these aren't shooting. surprising, but it's stuff that we want to see improve. Yeah, I mean, shooting, finding that third star, I mean, that's, <clears> that's just something that just needs to happen. Can they rely on that is your question. I've kind of been bouncing around it. I say yes, but it will end up being an Achilles heel in the tournament because you're going to go against teams that could put up, you know, 80 points, 90 points because that's what happens to the Badgers. They just get out-athleted, I guess is how I'll word it. Yeah. So the only other goal that I have for the Badgers is to increase their ball movement. The Badgers are averaging only 9.7 assists per game. So I'd like to see the Badgers just get more involved, move the ball, get some more assists. That is literally the same one. I have. I wrote down more assists per game, create better shots, 9.7 per game, and then I wrote down play at faster pace. Cause I, think that's I like the faster pace, yeah. I think that's something that these kids, you know, they do in the AAU. They get up and down the floor. And High school, like too, even. A, <clears throat> I mean, we we do have the athletes now. I, th- I think we have athletes. I would say one finish. through f- one through three, we have the athletes, and then you can maybe throw Tyler Wall in there. Tyler Wall is not overly athletic, but he's got good footwork and he can finish around the rim. So he, he can <clears> run <throat> the floor. I think he can run the floor and finish finish at the rim. And I know maybe this is this isn't a huge boost, but uh, maybe Jacoby Neath can help with that. He missed some time too, so he's just kind of yeah. getting back into the rotation. So maybe Jacoby Neath can help with that, with the pacing um, in that backup point guard role. So, I mean, and the thing about the pace is the Badgers have been playing at a faster pace than they do traditionally anyway. So mm-hmm. I would like to see them up that a little bit more as well. You know, get, take some take some layups. I mean, you'll, you'll still get tell them, you know, you focus on getting easy shots but also getting back on defense. You can make that's... defense <clears throat> primary focus, you know. Yeah, and you know you have you have Johnny Davis. Yeah, that's enough reason right there to go get in transition because he throws down <laughs> some nasty posters. He does. He does. I wish we get. I wish we could have two or three of those guys, but it is what it is. What All it right. wouldn't be like. We have to some be a goals. So, <laughs> yeah, or Kentucky. Yeah, Jesus, they just get right. all the athletes. <clears throat> yeah. Do you anything else you want to throw out there? We'll have some more to talk about next week now that we have some more to discuss that they're actually uh, playing again. 
No, um, I just wanted to say Merry Christmas to everybody. I hope everybody's Christmas was great and safe. And I know the Wisconsin roads have been pretty crazy the last couple of days. So make sure you give people room, okay? I'm just going to say that. Um, and if everybody's going 40, Public service 50, announcement with Jake. You don't need to go 80, okay? You're just kind of being an asshole at that point, in my personal opinion. I mean, there was a crash uh, last night when I was on my way to work. Um, I had to go to Oshkosh, and there was a crash by Jackson Street, exit 124. And there's four cars. There's one in the ditch. There's two on the side. And there's another car that was just completely smashed. And the cops are helping people. So everybody moves over to the middle lane, right? This is happening on the right lane. And there's just cars going in the left lane. I'm like, are you serious? It's like one of those situations like, read the room, guys. Read the room. <laughs> it's like, are you serious? There's people like hurt over here. And you're just going to, yeah, you know what? 90. Screw it. I don't care. It's all those people in those big giant diesel trucks with their uh, whatever. Read the room. But listen, <laughs> chill, relax, be safe. Uh, everybody have a safe, happy New Year's. Like same goes and, for New Year's, yep. And uh, mm-hmm. we appreciate you guys, you know, following us and sticking with us. And, you know, don't forget to invite invite all your friends. Join us in the chat. I mean, we'd love to hear your guys' opinions. We want questions from you guys. I mean, we'll we'll gladly create the conversation, but – that's why we do this live. We want you guys to create the conversation for us, and we'll just kind of play off that. I mean, maybe if we get to a point we get enough people, we can just add people, add you know, fans to the to the live stream. I mean, yeah, why not? I like, That's yeah, we like to that do that too. Consider. <clears throat> so, just be safe, be smart, and uh, when it's snowing the roads, please, please, just be safe. I don't want to be driving past car crashes all day. Hey, if you're having parties and you're staying at home, order some Parker Johns. Definitely got to thank Parker Johns for sponsoring the show. Um, We really appreciate it. It's allowed us to keep, to invest in our show is something that Parker Johns has allowed us to do, which we really appreciate. And for sharing the show every month, we can give away a $25 gift certificate to Parker Johns. So, um, you know, follow the show and interact with us and, you know, maybe we'll throw you a $25 gift certificate to Parker Johns. Yeah. And there's our first winner of of the Parker Johns award right there, Tim. So, appreciate you tim for watching us every week tim's been an a1 since day one man i appreciate you tim tim you're gonna have to join the show one of these weeks i've been asking you for a while now so you're gonna have to join the show one of these weeks and talk some packers or bucks or whatever you prefer really so oh speaking of the show um tim is also in the fantasy football league that we did for wisco fanatics and uh jake you happen to look at the standings for the for the season no, I did. I did not check this week because I I was salty at fantasy football last week because I lost in, the so, in two leagues. Jake, you and Josh, who we should have on the show again to talk about the Packers, finished yep. with the worst record, yep. and tiebreaker for worst record goes to points scored. And Jake, you scored less points than Josh. I know. I know. <laughs> <laughs> <I've seen that. laughs> uh, you know. What you do for love, right? <laughs> and I love this show. What you do for hey, love, man. That's not the only pie you have to take, too. Because if you don't I'll score me by six in the last two weeks of the pickums, you get one between me, you, and your dad for that one, too. We were just talking about the double <laughs> pie, right? I'm going to have to take a double pie. I'm going to have my stepson oh, and my, my girlfriend just, wow, just wail me with some pies, man. And just, <laughs> we'll just do them You've both. You've been really unlucky in the pie bets so far. You know what? I mean, to be honest with you, the first one I was shook because I never had that happen to me before in my life. But I don't mind them anymore. It's uh, fun. It it gets people involved. 
you know i mean it is what it is it's good it's for the show so i and i love this show yeah. and i believe in the show and <clears throat> i will You're gladly take about it i will take a thousand pies if if this show pops off easily that's an easy decision <laughs> for me all right hey, man well you're going down <clears throat> tim because i'm gonna put all my best players in this week you sob <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, good luck to Chris and Eric who are playing for the for the number one championship this week. So good luck to those two. Yes, sir. All right. You got anything else? Uh, go pack, go Bucks and six, and out of Wisconsin. That's all I got, baby. All right. That's all of them. All right. All right. See you next week. Peace out, buddy. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.